0: We're all gathered here today to listen to a dwarf cast by Ganymede and Titan.
1: Start the tape, please, Holly. Awoga, this is up? a dwarf cast.
0: Hello and welcome to issue 9 of the Dwarf Cast magazine rack, brought to you by Ganymede and Titan. This is the latest instalment of our ongoing mission to reread, digest and dissect every single edition of the Red Dwarfs magazine, issue by issue. I'm Ian Symes, able to perfectly recreate each magazine from memory, and I'm joined, as always, by the results of bizarre medical experiments: Jonathan Caps, hello, and Daddy Stevenson. <laughs> Today we're talking about Volume 1, Issue 9, and as always, we recommend having the mag in front of you as you listen. If you don't have a physical copy, you can find a link to the PDF in the show notes on your podcast app, or at www.genemy.tv. But first, get your Walkman and Game Gear out, as we take a trip back in time to November 1992. In a break from the relentlessly terrible news for the majority of the year, there was course to celebrate in November as royal residence Windsor Castle was engulfed in a big fire. Although tragically, none of the family were harmed. Along with the news that the Queen was to pay tax for the first time in 60 years, it was enough for the year to be famously dubbed Her Majesty's Annus Horribilis, as opposed to her anus horrible nonce, who is called Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> The Church of England votes to allow women to become vicars. Richard Curtis gets idea for sitcom. (laughs) The largest collection of Roman Empire-era gold and silver coins is discovered by an amateur metal detectorist. Mackenzie Crook gets idea for sitcom. And Bill Clinton is elected the 42nd President of the United States. George Bush gets idea for retirement. In entertainment news, the brand new satellite channel UK Gold is launched, setting into motion a chain of events that 17 years later would see a small car styled to look like Starbuck pulling up on the set of Coronation Street. There were debuts for Absolutely Fabulous and the BBC's adaptation of The Borrowers, but sadly the month also saw the last ever episode of The Sooty Show. When asked for a comment, the show's star was completely speechless. When this magazine was released on the 29th of October 1992, the top film in the UK box office was Disney's Beauty and the Beast, starring Mac McDonald in at least one of the title roles. And the number one single was End of the Road by Boys to Men, which was also the name of a delivery service used by Michael Jackson. So before we take a look inside number nine, let's turn our attention to the cover.
2: It's intriguing, isn't it? It's like, what the fuck's going on? It's like it's the first time we're... The cover is asking questions of the reader.
1: Whatever
0: happened to Dwayne Dibley? Yeah,
2: free we'll poster? Find out, free poster, maybe. Free poster. Free hat.
3: Free bird <laughs> 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 Red you USA in tiny letters on the on the magazine. Like that wouldn't have been like the biggest news <laughs> ever. Feels like that was a lot less important to everyone at the time it seems.
2: I was gonna say not the only instance of burying the lead in this um, magazine, but yeah. we'll get to that. <laughs> I don't know. Different Different sensibilities.
3: Do we talk about the poster now, or because we haven't got it? <laughs> no,
0: no. There is a free poster. It's not in any of the PDFs that we've found online, and unfortunately, my collection of magazines is sans free gifts. But intriguingly, if I look at the middle of my paper copy, the staples have clearly been manipulated oh. at some point, and there are tantalising little tiny scraps of paper <laughs> <Enhanced>. <laughs> embedded. But yeah, the free, the poster, there are pictures of it online, of the poster itself, and also the artwork for it is on Colin Howard's website. Uh, so, link in the show notes.
3: Oh, right, that might be where I've seen it before, then.
0: Yeah, it's uh, it's an image that's out there, certainly online. The
3: most detailed, official image
2: of the Despair Squid.
0: Yeah, and I wonder if this was designed, like, maybe like an earlier stage, when... It was going to be shown. They, yeah, when they thought it would be more prominent in the episode. Uh, it's it's weird. <laughs> it's like more than half of the picture is something that you don't actually see
2: in mm, the episode. Don't recognise, yeah. Which makes it incredibly interesting.
3: <laughs> but did they actually build an actual despair squid prop that they never used? Yeah,
0: yeah. There's pictures of there's photos of that out there.
3: I'm going to find ca- out because I don't think I remember it, it,
2: that. Isn't the, isn't it based on the mould of the self loathing beast's
0: head? Yeah, it got adapted. The, the, yeah. The, the,
2: the squid body itself is based on that, so yeah. One one became okay. Thuffer, and neither of them got their got the screens. But I mean, it, to be fair, it cast a shadow, cast a brilliant shadow <laughs> across the whole episode.
3: It's a very intriguing a very image because you're yeah. like, what the fuck is this about? I mean,
2: also we could roll our eyes and say, oh, fucking cashing in on Dwayne Dibley. But this is, I would it's say, this is
0: pioneering.
2: This is there the first,
0: absolutely the first, yeah, before before Emo Hawk. Before any of the T-shirts, even I don't yeah. think, because we've seen T-shirts advertised in here, but mm, not those. True. Ones. Yeah. Yeah. Before the bubblehead, before the Dibley app. Imagine Granella Productions
2: being a bit behind the curve on merchandise. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, interesting. Like identifying that Dwayne Dibley is incredibly popular and actually bringing him back in a way that makes narrative sense. But I guess um, we'll get to that.
0: Mm. we come to that very soon indeed yeah. my only other note on the cover is the <laughs> it's really hard to read the text <laughs> due to the very 90s effects that they've employed
3: it looks like a print offset problem <laughs>
0: yeah <laughs> i mean it's like
2: the uh, the effect that i complimented in last issue with the the dimension jump 92 it was yeah. going vertically rather than horizontally but I really like it. Maybe it doesn't quite work with smaller text on the whatever happened to. It works yes, better with more But bold, on the Dibley, yeah. yeah,
0: on the Dibley it looks just like a 3D lettering Yeah, really, if that blue is more consistent. Yeah.
2: They're trying shit. At the moment, no cover looks like the last one. Or like, no cover yeah.
0: follows the pattern of the last one. Um, mm. Which Mike Butcher actually talks about on the letters page. He does, yeah. Which we'll come to, let's fucking open it.
3: See what I find interesting is there doesn't seem to be a lot of features. It's picking out some stuff, but not all. It's showing you the highlights. Yeah, yeah.
0: And part of that, of course, is that half of the contents page is now given away to an actual advert. An actual advert. Is this
2: the first one?
0: No. There, there was that. Um, oh, there was the fucking supplement. bodybuilding
2: one. <laughs>
3: yeah. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Please brush me my wall response. But that was
2: months ago. At this point, I mean, yeah, God, yeah. yeah. This feels like the first, let's say, legit <laughs> advert. Yeah. And it's not uh, the last and one. And not the last. Season. No, it's yeah, not there. the
1: last,
0: yeah. It's Shadow Maze, the powerful new fantasy from the author of Dreamweaver. Powerful. I googled it to see if it was popular and it's, it's not, it didn't set the world alight. Um Mid-range. But I did find out that Jonathan Wiley is a pseudonym for a husband and wife writing team.
3: Yeah, it's two people. Interesting. Quite on brand.
0: And they've they've written in various pseudonyms, some male, some female. Interesting.
2: It's an absolute bugger for brand awareness.
0: Yeah, it's foolish. (laughs) It's probably why they're not massive.
2: (laughs) I did do some cursory googling around to. just to see if somehow Corgi paperback were linked to Fleetway at this time and whether this was actually a real advert buy or a, you know <laughs> an inside job and it does appear yeah, that they were entirely separate can't find
0: anything well. it is legit a legit. couple of semi-interesting things in the credits Colin Howard is listed in thanks to rather than as an artist when he drew the poster <laughs> the free poster oh, yeah. that they're so pleased about You'd have thought they would have got a proper credit, but maybe on the poster itself it's signed. And also, in thanks to is They Might Be Giants.
2: Yeah, I've just noticed that. Fuck, why?
0: <laughs> they provided a little birdhouse.
2: Yeah, they kind of actually, you know, contributed. So maybe it was just like whatever their 92 album was came out and the
3: editor liked it. Super Glee your poster to wallpaper, wallpaper. Yeah, I like
2: that. Like,
0: Be careful not to damage the staples. <laughs> <laughs> there have been joke additions to the um, to the thanks to before, yeah, uh, such as Bungle George and Zippy and uh, Mister Flibble, yeah. Right. So it's just one of those, I think. Hot
2: shit in '92, I suppose. Shit hot. That's just phrase. Hot <laughs> no, hot shit is like you know <laughs> a fresh. Is
0: also a fr- yeah. So after we finish perusing the first page, we're immediately hit by. An original comic strip.
2: Yeah. Ooh, and there was me hoping for balance of power. And my
3: <laughs> brain immediately went the way of oh it's got the way I'm with it and it's going to go in Dublin, it's gonna be shit. Mm. Actually, it really isn't. <laughs> it's, it's an good. incredibly clever idea for an extension to back to reality
0: mm-hmm. and it does properly feel like an extension it feels like it's answering the question of what happens next in that reality like in the reality yeah. that the despair squid created what would be the next thing after those four all stand in the alleyway with the gun yeah. it D- answers that. the Despair
2: yeah. squid's got a really good sense of continuity and also a dramatic <laughs> reveal because when <laughs> we, we don't actually get a like the indication that this is a continuation that isn't just like a fresh hallucination for him, until the doctor call, um, refers to Cat as voter, and when when that mm. happens, that's almost like a fuck. Yes, that's it. That's a good. That's yeah. a good reveal. That is really good. And the fact that anyone of any, anyone of any kind of I guess social like higher up in the social hierarchy, doctors and whatnot, have got this kind of you know refer to the minions as the voters. Yeah, yeah it, it's it's creepy as fuck.
3: So, Nigel Kitching wrote and drew this.
0: This magazine, debut of Nigel Kitching, probably best known uh, today. Uh, this is genuine, not a Richard Herring joke, best known. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he was the lead artist of Sonic the Comic mm. at around this time, uh, also a Fleetway publication. He's responsible for all the most memorable stuff from the early days of Sonic the Comic, which is still celebrated today this very literally today (laughs) (laughs) in york there's a sonic the comic convention where nigel kitchen is like the the main headline guest and yeah his art style is brilliant it's just exactly what i want from a red dwarf comic in that it looks like a comic it's not trying to be because like we've we've had varying levels of success with the art styles that are trying to be realistic, or at least you know based mm. in the reality of real life of what the actors look like and everything and it's not that he's disregarding what the actors look like he's just he's ignoring what he wants to ignore yeah. and concentrating on getting the best cartoon comic versions of them that he can
2: I like the I like I like some of the artistic decisions, like Computer Holly being drawn as if she's going through her Ziggy Stardust phase. Yeah, to, to contrast against, like the, the, you have the exact two panels basically where it switches between Computer Holly and Nurse Holly, and that you know, yeah, that contrast is good. It
3: is really. The one thing that I think we don't do on these um, is we don't really explain the plot of these comics to people when we go through them. I know that people should have the comic in front of them, but maybe we should explain yeah. the plot a, of the comic. That's a fair point. <laughs> we should wait till episode nine to start doing this.
1: But <laughs>
2: The cat's going around doing cat things, and then all of a sudden he transforms back into Dwayne Dibley. Having banged his head. Having banged his head, crucially.
3: Ah, um, I didn't actually realise that's why he... Okay. <laughs>
2: he's a bit freaked out by it and then all of a sudden he's in a hospital room instead of Red Dwarf and everyone's treating him very unkindly
3: yeah uh, everyone's treating him like as if he's recovering from some hallucination that he's had where he, yeah, was, the tri- a, where he was a cat that had evolved from because yeah. Yeah. there's a really good um, Explain to her, really Dwayne, you're still trying to tell me you've evolved my life form, evolved my household cat who's been stranded on a minor shit for four years with a dead man's hologram a neurotic <laughs> and a erotic mechanoid and a sex change computer and a man who claims to have been in stasis for three million years, does that sound realistic? Really? And it's like, actually, that that whole thing is like, oh my god, maybe that, like, <laughs> that, yeah. that does sound incredibly Switch. far-fetched, doesn't it? <laughs>
2: Very questionable bedside, man.
0: <laughs> it's a little bit like Crichton in Back in the Red talking to the psychiatrist and he's oh so you're from the future aren't you and that kind of thing of
3: like i was born yeah. after you died <laughs> oh yeah yeah of course you were yeah okay do you want to just check that chair for me uh,
0: yeah <laughs> it's that so once again doug naylor ripping off doug naylor gets idea, idea for <laughs> terrible
2: theory
3: and then obviously reveal on reveal the the idea in this is that that the, the sort of conceit of how why Dwayne dibley still thinks he might be Dwayne dibley is that when they did put their heads together, they actually found three bodies outside. And the inference yeah. is that basically the bullet didn't get to Dwayne. It, it yeah. went through everyone else apart from Dwayne. And then, you know, he, and then they make it out. It, it, it,
0: it got stuck in, yeah, in Billy Doyle yeah. slash Rimmer. And then he <clears> thinks. Because he's too thick. <laughs> no. But it knocked Dwayne out and he was discovered there in the alleyway. And they accuse him that he killed them all and planted the gun in Jake Bullet's hand.
2: Yes. Mm. And this is obviously a problem because Lister was voter colonel.
3: This would have worked as an extension to, to Reality as an episode. I'd have this yeah. would have been amazing <laughs> as an extension. I would have loved this. This is exactly what you want from a, like a sequel episode. It's really clever. Every, every bit of plot is just like ticked off. Like everything makes sense. Everything you know has some reason. But yeah, how yeah. do you, you end it the same way you do? Which is where you have the same thing where oh, he's still hallucinating. Like, and then you go back to the, the ship and everyone and everyone who he's he thinks is Lister, Rimmer and Crichton is actually the three doctors who are yeah, doing yeah. things to him. You know, they're trying to
0: It keeps us in Dwayne's world. <laughs> Dwayne's world. <laughs> <laughs> uh it keeps us in Dwayne's world for a good few pages before revealing and it, it's it's like it's the equivalent of when they do the car chase and you see them on Red Dwarf for the first time. Oh, yeah, it, it cuts back to Holly telling the others that we've got a problem, Cat's hallucinating. Yeah. And then there's a brilliant page where down one half you see what's happening in real life and down the other half of the same page you see what Cat is hallucinating. Yeah, that's great. And yeah, the parallels that each of the three Dwarfers are... Been given yeah. new alter egos as the other doctors: Doctor Maxwell, Doctor Pension, and Doctor Fund. <laughs> the year was 1992.
2: <laughs> Satires. <laughs> in it's case you hadn't topical. picked up the clues,
3: <laughs> was he dead by now? Yes, I think so. He was found dead in the in the Atlantic Ocean. Good. Yeah, but when? Shortly after that, uh, that whole yeah, mirror Pension after Fund that. thing. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Um am just checking when it was. I think we might have mentioned it. in an Oh, it's, it's, it was a year prior. It was November '91. He uh, was found dead. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah, it
3: was massive news though.
0: Cause like, yeah, that family is bad news. I'm telling you.
3: Yeah, I went through the Wikipedia and I was like, because I saw the boat was called Gillane. and I was like, oh Gillane, Maxwell. Uh-huh. Oh shit!
0: Yeah. And then I realised, yeah. yeah, there you go. Joe, you know I've only I, I, I was today years old when I. Learned that her name is pronounced Jelaine. I think it's Jelaine. Because I don't think I've ever heard it out loud because I mainly read news yeah. things. Uh, and I've just been calling it Jislaine. Jizl- <laughs> Life in the Gislain.
2: Yeah, the Doctor Alter Egos are really weird because they don't actually represent the characters at all. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs>
0: I don't know. I think the Lister one kind of looks like him. Yeah. The colour palettes are kind of the same but but Rimmer is difficult because Rim is monochrome in the yeah comics. True. But uh, Lister's bluish tint is there yeah. and Crichton's fleshiness
3: I can't I, I get it and the fact is that you know, Bit he's, of a square know he's loosening so he's completely like he's just not seeing what he should be seeing. <laughs> yeah very true. then Cat tries to kill himself with a with a knife and then they're like, well let him just get on with wonder, it.
2: Then. Wonder if Crichton <laughs> if Crichton's doctor, which I'm assuming is Henshin it's inspired by the Bishop of Bath and Wells from Blackadder. <laughs> <laughs> These hot pokers. Of course. And yeah. Large frame.
3: I am a colossal pervert.
1: <laughs>
3: but yeah, they're like, I don't believe you monkeys, you'd stand there, let me kill myself. And then the slowly the realization is the cat's starting to become more conscious of the fact that In he's evil. Weird...
2: Yeah. I know we mentioned the artwork, but just going back a page or two, the flashback to the four way suicide. Thing, mm. The bottom panel it's mm. beautiful.
3: It's fantastic, yeah. isn't it? It's really good work, yeah. It's so good. And
2: then yeah. Crichton, just in the panel above, looks like he's going through his Daft Punk phase. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, you don't see front on uh, Jake Bullock, too much.
3: Half human after all. <laughs> <laughs> of all the things that Dwayne is like, obviously, you know, Dwayne Dibble's original incarnation has a reason to exist. Mm. All the subsequent. Dwayne Dibley iterations have no reason to exist. I like,
2: I like Dwayne Dibley in, in Polymorph. I guess it, it makes sense that he is an aspect of the cat. Um, yeah,
3: but well. removing an aspect of someone's personality doesn't change their physical appearance, which is what kind of annoys me. But then again, very true, actually. I know yeah. the original Polymorph, they do that, but they do that themselves. It's not something that yeah. happens to mm-hmm. them. Yeah. Not tra- yeah. But this is brilliant. I, I love this. And it's the kind yeah. of thing I'd love to. I'd love like, it, it's almost like I, I think there is even like a, a spin off of like the the post Jake Bullet world, like in Futures magazines uh, that I remember. So they, I will be interested.
2: They mentioned Jake Bullet um, in the next time, but I think it might be another one of prose things. But I guess we'll find out. Yeah. yeah. It would certainly make sense if this was the start of a bit of a series. Mm.
0: We will see. So we will see. Or rather, you shall see, for I have already seen.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh yeah, and um, all the sort of torturous medical experiments that Maxwell Pension and Fund were trying to do on Dwayne all seem to be genital centred. Yeah. Uh, Rob Grant gets idea for novel. <laughs> <laughs> but
3: the whole idea about like the like the reason why he was doing that was that yeah. like, the fear of castration, the ancestral
0: fear of castration. Yeah. I wish someone would fucking neuter the tomcat. I was going to say if tomcats were those ginormous cunts. Then maybe we yeah. want to cut their dicks off. <laughs> I'm sure that's how it
2: works. I think it basically is. It's like you, you, you well, it's uh, the balls. The balls, man. <laughs> well, you know what I mean.
3: <laughs> the balls on that cat. <laughs> the brass balls of
2: Butler. <laughs> Harry Potter and
3: the brass balls of Oops. <laughs> <laughs> The best comic strip so far. Yeah, like, of the run, I would say.
0: Yep, Definitely the best of this
3: issue so far. Best original comic strip. Mm, yeah, yeah. Future Echoes has been good, but for different reasons. Yeah. Strong source material. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. There
0: you go. But yeah, it, it feels like another shift. It feels like another piece of the jigsaw. Because, mm. yeah, the adaptations are gone. I can exclusively reveal there are no balance of power adaptations coming up in future issues. We can stop the
2: speculation.
0: Yeah. (laughs) They've developed a preference for original comic strips and more than one of them per edition as well. Wow. And Nigel Kitching coming in to write and draw the best written, best drawn one so far. It's Uh, a good sign, uh, isn't it?
3: Good sign for the future. Strong start. Strong start. Good.
0: So next... It's the little thing. The... Review of the Red Dwarf American Pilot. Which before we get onto the review itself, it opens with a pull quote from Rob Grant.
3: <laughs> which doesn't do it any favours. No. <laughs> but
0: we we've heard Doug do this anecdote on a dwarf in USA. Yes. We'll be so rich. And so you can tell it's accurate, we've had it from both of them. Yeah, we're we'll the good. Let's we'll get be rich. Be so rich, we're gonna get make it to the rich. Amanda Anucci gets idea for T V <laughs> executive
2: <laughs> sketch.
0: <laughs> And Doug and I were looking at each other and thinking, uh, it's shit. <laughs>
2: uh, it's un- unrealistic. Rob
0: um, would have said it's pony.
2: <laughs> Bobber. Bobber.
0: Yeah, last time round, there was speculation that this would probably be the source of all the received opinions about Red Dwarf USA. Yeah, I found myself agreeing with a lot yeah, of the review.
2: I was going to say, it ends up being incredibly even-handed. Yeah. yeah.
0: It acknowledges that Craig Bierko is very different to Craig Charles, but also says that his comic timing and his performance is one of the best things about it, yeah. which is true.
2: Yeah. yeah. It's very true. It turns out that, I mean, well, we'll get to it at the end, but like, yeah. maybe the, the <laughs> negative lines actually come from Rob and Doug.
0: <laughs> come from the source.
3: But with good reason. Yeah, yeah.
2: I, I, there's, there's good, good reason. reason. It's it's not a a do warranted. you know what? There's fine people on both sides. <laughs> <laughs> there's good things to say about USA and there's bad things and I, I think if you go too far either way you, you're you off the mark because it's like obviously it was a failure like you can't blame anyone for not making a series out of it also yeah. you can't just dismiss it I mean god there, there's a bad line towards the end of this about questioning the talent of those involved yeah which is getting into the, the wrong area really because you are talking about Linwood Boomer let's remember (laughs) I I know at the time no one knew about Malcolm in the Middle it hadn't happened yet but you don't get a full production's worth of people and none of them have talent you know
3: yeah. it's not a talent problem it's a production problem it's yeah a, it's a yeah. writing problem
2: it's like a process thing isn't it it's like who's making the decisions who's make, you know other people making the decisions you know do they know the correct things about the thing they're adapting you know or do they know what to focus on it's
3: the too many cooks problem mm. there, there's actually an article recently about why a lot of failed sitcoms don't work in america like the system and and talking to the producers and the people who like the writers and stuff who went over there like Amanda Nucci and things like that and like link in the show notes. But it, it hasn't changed basically in you know in the thirty mm-hmm. years that have happened. Hence it's like it's still the same where you have a room of writers pitching in ideas for something that they surface level know about. And it's yeah. like that if their one contribution is the one joke that gets in, they've done their job.
2: Mm. I think what works about the Amanda Nucci he's had a couple of successes now and especially with Veep and I would also argue with the US office is that they start off in a bit of a British format when it comes to the writing, so like the first series of The Office was very heavily Gervais driven and Merchant mm. I think and yeah. then there was a big writers, r- a traditional American writers room grown out of that first series and same with Veep, it was very Amanda Nucci driven and then eventually it was handed over to someone else, I can't remember and then it became more writers' room. So it's like that writers' room naturally growing out of something that was already established. Whereas, you know, yeah. and then if you you, you s- set a template, then yeah.
0: yeah, have a solid base for the bigger group to
2: yeah. to base
3: their their findings on. Mm.
0: It should be yeah. fair. It's not like they had a massive writers'
2: room for this, did they?
3: The way that Robert tells it in uh, *Man of the Ruben Mask* is that it is that it was a, a big writers' room with it lots big of people chipping writer. in ideas. That was my impression of it anyway, from what, what I've gleaned from the books and the documentaries. Right, okay.
0: But in, in practice, what happened was that it was all it was largely rewritten by Robin Doug yeah. and like thrown out and everything. So they did kind of if they'd have kept Robin Doug on to do a few episodes of it, yeah. then they could have had that uh, model. So all pulling in the same direction. Which they clearly weren't because it just sounds
2: like they got off on the wrong foot. Again, this is like when I first read this, I was like, oh, are we not getting like, are we not getting the Robin Doug interview that we were led to believe we'll get? We do get that, it's just later on. Um, Is it worth talking about it at the same time?
0: No. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Uh,
0: No, there's a lot of crossover of the two things. I think maybe, yeah, we skim through this. And and save the the juicy, juicy stuff, stuff for when it yeah. comes up. But yeah, in terms of the opinions expressed, similar to the conclusions that we drew when we did our American Waffles, there's barely any Rimmer, mm. and as a result, it's <laughs> you don't give a shit when he's brought back as a hologram because unless you know that Rimmer is important, you wouldn't get it from the pilot. Mm-hmm there's no depth to the characters Crichton is the only one that's really well rounded because there was already three series worth of Crichton to base it on and Robert is just very good
3: you've got 30 minutes to introduce like X amount of characters and obviously the cat's going to happen towards the end so you don't worry about that one to begin with but listen and remember with sort of the in, within the first scene, you should have got an idea of how they were, but you didn't yeah. get that because you get crying yeah. immediately as well straight after. It's just it's all just too much too soon. And it's it's just not very well paced.
2: It, because... It's weird though, like because I guess the nature of the pilot is it has to do a lot more work than the end, and it's got ten minutes less.
1: Mm.
0: Yeah,
2: with those two facts, how the fuck are, was this pilot ever supposed to be successful? Or like you know. How was it ever going to get across the ideas? It needed almost to be like a double length pilot or something. I don't know. Don't even know if they happened with sitcoms from the time. But
3: Can you imagine the end being 22 minutes long?
2: It's just ridiculous, yeah. And and the end doesn't even have to worry about Crichton. It doesn't have to worry about. It sets up the whole series, but it does it very loosely right at the end um, in a way that is fine because you just know what you've got to come. But like with, with this, almost needs to be like a, a whole package wrapped up nicely in a bun and just like look at this brilliant pilot that is so self contained and yeah. wonderful yet you know sets up everything it's like it was never gonna happen mm-hmm. without sacrificing something, and what the sacrifice is the characterization there's too much you should know already what red dwarf is in order to appreciate mm-hmm. this and that it was never gonna be the thing that worked um, also <laughs> Americans are stupid apparently like that, that 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 is also the main reason it failed <laughs> like, cause Americans can't cope with. Nuance. The name Christine being spelled with a K apparently. I don't think that's ever been true, <laughs> but <laughs>
3: I mean to be honest with you, the, the, the having like Crichton and Christine Kaczynski, having three K's in an American context <laughs> is not usually <laughs> that. <laughs> 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 That's why.
0: It's less of a stigma now. The Ku Klux Klan isn't the handicap it used to be in the <laughs> olden days. <laughs> they
2: shouldn't worry like Christine's middle name begins with Z anyway sorry Z Americans are too stupid to deal with Z (laughs) it's a well written piece this because it it does the thing that we just realised we had to do for our (laughs) comic book coverage is that she actually goes through the plot the full plot and and explains exactly what happens and this will be for so many people the first time that they heard what they were doing with it um and it pretty much covers
0: everything that happens because it is such a yeah. sparse plot. But um, yeah, and it includes the handful of really good gags, so you're not missing out on them, like the fire exit sign and the baseball cards.
2: Although the baseball cards, I mean, that is that's a find and replace gag. The exit yeah. side gag is true, like. Excellent original joke, but I think that was Robert Doug anyway, wasn't it? And Probably, possibly Doug because Doug uses the same joke in Last
3: Human. The eyeballs in the coffee was something where I realised that that the person who sold that joke wasn't Rimmer. And I was kind of yeah. um, that another one of those things where you're watching the pilot, you realise there's actually more characters. Like Munson, is that his name? Yeah, it was yeah. Like, Munson. Yeah. So there's this guy who like quips and like he's really funny and stuff, but he's just not going to be in the show from now on. Yeah, Vimmer, so, Vimmer
2: needed all of Munson's lines yeah. for sure. It's like he was. It it's is.
3: really weird that like the decisions made of just actually that, to that say, guy would have been Munson was George
0: McIntyre basically. Yeah, yes. Yeah. yeah. But George McIntyre doing quick-fire gags rather than speeches about shagging people's wives.
2: I think Joe knows what I'm talking about.
3: I hear you're racist as
2: (laughs) well. It's alright when it's the Welsh. Sorry, Chris.
0: There's one bit in the review, it's amusing anyway, that she has to set up who Jane Leaves is. Yes! As if at a time when Jane Leaves was not Clearly by far the most famous person involved <laughs> in this. It's like as an afterthought. Yeah. It's like, oh, everyone's favourite computer was played by Jane Leaves, who's apparently an English former newsreader. Yeah, apparently. apparently. She's not. She's not a former newsreader at she all. Knows. There's she's no not, reference I was gonna ask There's no way. reference on the internet to yeah. being a newsreader.
3: I know that she is in The Meaning of Life. Is mm. she? Yep, yeah, she's one of the dancers at yeah, the end Yeah, She's a dancer. In the ah. uh, the Christmas in Heaven section.
0: With pretend
2: boobies. Yeah. I
3: thought that was a good little fact. I think I may have mentioned that before in the previous one, but yeah.
2: If John Cleese was remaking um, that film as a stage show, he'd probably cut out that song. It's <laughs> a reference to the fact that he's cutting out Always Look at the Bright Side of Life. <laughs> to deny Eric
0: Idle money. How the fuck did Eric Idle it's become uh, the second best living pipe? The greatest
2: anime comebacks of all time. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Partly due to the death of Terry Jones that bums him up a place. Yeah, I think
2: he just is Yeah. Yeah. It just he just continues to John Cleese is just fucking terrible. Well this. Eric
0: Idle has also done a lot of work, I think, to go go up in people's mm. estimations. And the only thing that Eric Idle ever did wrong was being seen as a bit of a money grabber and a bit like mm. you know, trying to cash in and, yeah. and 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 do stuff. but like it, it that's not the greatest of sins no. in a world Especially where you, you can end up being John Cleese. He's politically sound yeah, very a much nice so. person. Anyway, <laughs> enough with this cultural <laughs> Marxism. <Fuck it>.
3: <laughs> so,
0: <laughs> in conclusion, Jane Leaves wasn't a newsreader. No, no.
3: I mean, not even close. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Although, I guess, you know, we just come back to the... Uh, it, it's not mentioned here, but, like, did she get her Manchester accent? Did she base her Manchester accent on Robin Dunn? <laughs> because she certainly didn't... For, well, I mean, they are from Manchester. It says
0: it, yeah. <laughs> but she didn't really. Her accent kept drifting back and forth across the Atlantic. No,
2: I could never imagine Jade Leaves' accent drifting or being of low quality at all. Like, I like Jade Leaves in Fraser, and I do love Fraser, but Jade Leaves sounds exactly like an American doing a Manchester accent and I don't understand how she does it
1: <laughs>
0: I don't get it well she's a lot better than everyone else in <laughs> Daphne's extended family oh her Cockney as Manchester brothers
1: yeah,
3: yeah. <laughs> Dick
0: Van Dyke <laughs> I may as well have been
2: where is she from
3: where is she, where is she from where are you from okay now Jane Leaves is 62 from years
2: Asia. old we're all we're all very old East people. Grinstead Who's dead?
3: no shout out to East Grinstead
2: yeah, oh. <laughs> uh, Ilford, just yeah. An Essex Essex Sussex, yeah. Just she could have done a job if given a chance. I think she could have done a good job. Yeah. The article also touches. Uh, actually, the article's a bit harsh on Hinton Battle, but I think he was mm. he was done dirty by the
0: just the time he got given. Really, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. It's not his his fault that he doesn't make much of an impression. He just turns up yeah two minutes before the end and that's it and they, move up, they then move on to the future echo thing or oh, her
2: saying he wasn't a patch on Danny John Jules I think I think Jane just made a friend for life with that line <laughs> yeah.
3: well even Hinton Battle thought he wasn't as good as Danny John Jewels. he, yeah. he, was, he, had, he had his own insecurities about although that battle, that, so. is
0: a, that is according to Danny John Jules
3: no, no, no was, <laughs> well actually, yeah, that's true but apparently no he used because he, he used to be good friends with Robert Llewellyn during the production so he was always kind of yeah. asking him questions about how I should was be it Hinton Battle
2: well, the great anecdote of course it's Robert Llewellyn's anecdote so you do have to take it with a pinch of salt where Robert was like all giddy excited at making a new friend and said oh we should do a road trip across America Yeah. yeah. and Hinton um, Battle said something along the lines of if we did that I'd get shot for being <laughs> a yeah. n-word and you'd get uh, shot for being an n-word lover it's a funny but grim <laughs> like story <laughs> yeah. you, can imagine, you can imagine saying it and that was 92 I guess you know LA riots and yeah. what not but Yeah, good old racism. Good old the nineties. I wish we could go back to the nineties. It was so perfect. Michelle Pfeiffer was everywhere,
1: apparently.
3: Yeah, and then obviously they go through the whole the the second pilot as well. They go through all of that, which is interesting because it's like like that is that is even more rare to get hold of than the you know it's harder to get hold of than the pilot.
2: I think they might have come they might have come as a pair on that on that video that was doing the rounds.
0: Yeah, this entire article is based on the screening at DJ. Mm. Oh, the impression I got okay. that Jane Killick didn't have her own copy, but she must have, you know, been watching it with a review in mind. Yeah, so she wow. it she like mentions that. it didn't go down very well at DJ. Yeah.
2: Like, I bet you everyone was set up for not liking it. You know what I mean? Like You, you, you yeah. sit down like, well, let's see how shit this is going to be. It's a bit like sitting down to
0: watch the Over to Bill pilot. <laughs> Jane is adamant that the cat shouldn't be a woman. Mm. A woman?
2: Yeah. it's it's. Do you know what this reminds me of? It reminds me of the opinions flying around like late, late 90s about Kachansky because she's a woman unsettling the dynamic of the of the show and yeah. while I while I still think there's a point to be made there I think it comes from the wrong place you know I just want the boys club place and yeah. I, yeah. I was definitely guilty of that I think a lot of people were
0: yeah and it it says here that you know, the reason why it shouldn't be a woman is because Red Dwarf is part of a masculine mm. world and that's part of the appeal yeah which yeah, and there is a point that it does change the dynamic, but it's just doesn't mean it's worse. You, yeah. Yeah. yeah you should, it you should then adapt the mm. dynamic rather than just trying to Also, yeah, just because the cat's a woman doesn't mean that
2: the character has to fit into a particular role. It shouldn't have to be, you know
1: yeah, stylish it, I and find, sexy and, and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. I
0: find Terra Farrell's performance most so of the writing than the performance to be weirdly sexualised mm. in this. Yeah. And that's like that's not necessarily the best way to uh, introduce a female character into the show, yeah. but there are other ways. I think it's right to say that this cat wouldn't have worked and would have been Changed. would have a- affected the dynamic because of how she was basically just being a sex woman.
2: You can see it really clearly, can't you? Like a, s- a six-episode series one with Terry Fowler playing this cat, and then in the twenty-two-episode series two the character is completely rewritten like you've, see, you've yeah, seen you've yeah. seen that happen in you know lots of american sitcoms where like that one problematic character is completely changed and is then one of the best in the series because they've they've had to make a decision you yeah. can imagine something like that happening because the actor is so good
0: that you'd be able to do something good with it i believe the phrase is growing the beard uh which refers Riker. to Riker in the next generation that they've uh, the start i have not seen any star trek ever barely, but apparently in the first half a season or whatever, he was shit and then he grew a beard and that coincided with with him being being rewritten. It wasn't just the beard that did it, where the (laughs) the character (laughs) developed and changed.
3: Uh, Okay, I've never heard that phrase, but okay. So the growing the beard is the opposite of jumping the shark.
0: Yeah.
2: What if you grew a beard then jumped a shark? (laughs) What if the shark had a beard? What if the fucking shark had a beard, Danny? What if? (laughs) Um, Brilliant. Publicity picture. I don't think I've ever seen this exact publicity picture. I mean, there's a few. I think there's a general Jane Leaves one, which I don't think is Red Dwarf USA specific. Um, but the 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 one from the, from yeah, the second pilot is wonderful.
0: Great, great photo and really good quality. Here. Yeah.
2: yeah, the best quality thing of Red Dwarf USA, even including the clips on the DVD, I think, just because it's like a you know proper <laughs> like it's a nice scan and it's you know it's from a you know I don't know proper photo. Yeah, I would have liked to have had that show. Look at those three; they look good together. Maybe one day we will. Maybe we will. I still, I still think, you know, when when <laughs> Rob was really cagey, or like a bit weird, when we said, "What about the the American thing?" And he said, "Oh, I don't remember anything about an American company." I still think he's, I still think he's hiding something.
0: He's doing an inside number nine on a
2: sneaky honest. fucker. He's got a red, He's got a USA <laughs> USA series in the in the in the in the butt ski, He's just got to pass it.
3: Put it in the bin it's in the bin.
1: <laughs>
3: but it is interesting. I mean, I, I I'm really. Cause I never knew about the USA pilot. I just didn't, and I really wish I'd have read these magazines because I'd been well up, up to date with everything. I didn't realize how well known these were back then. Yeah,
2: yeah exactly. I don't either. think I quite knew either. Yeah, because my consciousness with with fandom starts in
0: '99, 2000. You know? I guess there's kind of a gap mm-hmm. uh, where. If you were around and active as a fan, contemporarily, yeah. you would digest this information. Yeah. But then, you know, it's a magazine, it's it's ephemeral, it's, uh, it's not easy to get hold of back issues necessarily yeah. and to have all this stuff. But the internet wasn't yet a thing. Nowadays, if something is revealed in a magazine, like a piece of news or something interesting or a good interview, then people will Put the best bits online, or you know, at least be talking about it online and passing on some of the juiciest bits of information. So, yeah, people knew about Red Dwarf USA in this amount of detail in November 1992. A handful of people would have then gone and discussed it on the internet, but by no means, uh, you know, a, a significant proportion of fans. And then later on, the internet gets big and people start pooling information, yeah. but there's a gap in the middle where yeah. we became fans, basically, and when we were too young to be, yeah, you know, yeah.
2: Those original fans drop off, you know, they just di- just
0: disappear yeah. off the face of the earth. There's a lot of so that info gets lost. Yeah. yeah, It's it's why there's no one online talking about the first DJ because there's only a yeah. handful of people there, and most of oh. them must have you know and dropped not, off.
3: Yeah, and then and they're not using the internet in the same way. Like they're not yeah. they're not parried the to the TV fact movies. that people are looking for information about it.
1: Yeah.
2: Interesting. I think I've always known that this magazine's had this because I, whenever I thought this magazines I thought of, oh, I know that there's a few Robin and Doug interviews there that we've not, people haven't really picked apart. It'd be, be, it'd be good to get to them at some point. And like, you know, obviously now we have. But so I think I was aware that like there was a bit of an untapped treasure trove here. But it still surprises me when it's just like, oh, fucking hell, that opinion existed in '92, or th- this hmm. bit of information, like. We'll get onto it, but some things that Norman says, I thought they weren't known until the DVDs, you know? Or like, well, yeah. to that degree. It's, it's fascinating, really. It's almost like we've gone through this cycle twice once with the magazines and then with the
3: DVDs. I do like the. the there is one thing it says Imagine sitcoms like Steptoe and Son, where Steptoe wasn't a dirty old man. It's like, Have you watched Sanford and Son?
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> that is the American remake of Steptoe and Son that they didn't know about,
1: clearly. <laughs> Yeah, also, like,
2: I mean, yeah, like, th- that was the catchphrase, you dirty old man. It doesn't yeah. mean he was necessarily, like, that was a, a fair catchphrase, like, you know, famously not necessarily a very fair relationship that those two had with each other. And, like, it's a bit like saying, oh, it's a bit like Only Fools and Horses, where Rodney isn't a plunker. It's like, he's not really a plunker. <laughs> it's just what he gets called, and that is why it's funny. <laughs> what this he is, is Trigger's
3: me. Broom where you replace every cast member with a new cast <laughs> member. And is it really the same sitcom anymore?
0: That was Left of the Summer line.
3: <laughs> oh yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah.
3: Oh god yeah, did that actually happen with everyone? Apart from, no, Peter Salas was the one, that, the one run.
2: The he one, did he uh, survive to the end. He didn't survive quite to the end I don't think. Did he not? I think he was replaced, like...
3: Oh, there we go. News Justin. in. Uh, Peter John <laughs> Salas was the uh, Norman Cleggy Clegg in... <laughs> oh, <Scoopy>, Cleggy Clegg. <laughs> Scoopy, Scoopy, Scoopy Dog Dog. <laughs> in Last <laughs> December Wine. From his 1973 inception until the final episode in 2010, making him the only actor to appear in all two. Oh, wow. Hours. Okay. Was in all so of so that's sugar that's good. Uh, that's interesting. I didn't know Very I didn't much the good. Danny
2: John jewels of... Um, and Craig Charles. Yeah, and the Craig, and the
3: Craig Charles of <laughs> yeah,
2: And Jimmy Nell. And, oh, yeah, of course, Jimmy Nell. <laughs> Very much the Mac MacDonald of the Alien franchise.
0: <laughs> right. Shall we turn the page? Yeah, yes. otherwise
2: we'll be here all fucking day.
0: I've got tea to eat. Well, it's time for some news.
3: Some news of Craig Charles. And what he's up to.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Lots of Craig
3: Charles. He is so busy. <laughs> of... Can we just
2: take a moment to appreciate the fact that Red Dwarf 6 being... A new series of Red Dwarf being confirmed. Yes, it's the first story, but it was tossed off in, like, a small paragraph. And then... there's, not, there's nothing else
3: to... Ta- that's the thing, There's nothing else to say, though. It's like, we've been given the green light, work will start, da-da-da-da. Like, recording should be taken around for every time. That's all we know. That's it.
2: Where's the 2000 Word News article about, like, speculating on, on what we might get and, you know, what stage they're going to film it on and when tickets are going to be released? <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. they they printed this and then the next issue, every single letter received as Where are the tickets going? Yeah, I bet. <laughs> Do you know tickets? what? Let's see. The question <laughs> might turn up. God, this is just the mother load. Yeah, it's brilliant, this
2: page. Oh, man.
0: The origins of all those brilliant Red Dwarf projects that we got, such as the UEU dimension. Yeah. Rob and Doug working on a comedy version of the Twilight Zone, uh, although it's now drifted a little away from that concept, basically in number 9.
3: Yeah, is that what that was? It was going to be an anthology. It was,
0: yeah, yeah. yeah, an anthology series. Wow. Um, so
3: that and wasn't then... what became the uh, the Strangers. That wasn't that wasn't the initial. No, oh, okay. Maybe maybe
2: no. uh, one idea that he had like turned into the Strangers or something. Oh, okay. that's just how ideas yeah. work. But like mm. uh, that's complete speculation, by the way. Okay. Because we we have nothing. We have nothing on the. U-
0: Oh, fuck. No, it's mentioned in this magazine, it's mentioned in Better Than Life at the time. It's like in interviews with Doug later on, he's mentioned it. But, but it, it never came to pass. Never came to be interesting. They did do a series for Carlton in ninety three, uh, which was the ten percenters. Right. Uh, but not the UEU so That was specifically
2: than... I don't think I'd ever really twig, but that's specifically like Paul Jackson going
0: up in the world and immediately commissioning Two writers yeah. that know is are good for it. <laughs> yeah. Carlton, I think that my history is right here. I will get Wikipedia, <laughs> just to be sure. But uh, Carlton Television basically won the franchise to take over London. That's what it says here. Uh, completely. It used to be Thames and LWT, yeah. um, but from 93, it was Carlton. It's the beginning of the end of the franchises, really, isn't it? Or like, I guess, yeah.
2: what, the last 10 years of, of, of the model? In this, yeah. in this way, yeah. in this
0: format. Yeah. Carlton was about to launch in uh, on the first of January, uh, basically, and Paul Jackson was managing director. So yes, it was Paul Jackson immediately commissioning something from Robin Doug. Yeah. And initially, the EU dimension uh, that yeah. somehow transformed into the ten centers It's a shame they kind of let him down really badly
2: with that.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: what I find like almost unbelievable is that Red Dwarf would have a active relationship with Fleetway and somehow struggle to get a graphic novel off the ground.
0: <laughs> yeah. Feelings have been extended from the Grant Nailer offices for someone to produce a Red Dwarf graphic novel. I wonder if that was like passive-aggressive run there, part. Like, get, they're just looking for someone. Who could possibly do a Red Dwarf <laughs> graphic novel?
2: I mean, you know, we've just seen fucking Nigel Kitchens <laughs> a debut in this yeah. issue. Oh, fuck's sake. Like I'm pretty sure the Doctor Who stuff was kicking off, or it would soon. IDW's, yeah, that was nineties. Yeah, and may- maybe it was a little bit early for that. But like, it's an open mm. fucking goal. I don't understand. <laughs> anyway, how
0: they failed to get it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, maybe <laughs> that will still happen. Clearly, there was an appetite for it. Yeah, massive appetite. I mean, they did Prelude in anarchy. Yeah, and, eventually, and Toss
2: <laughs> about twenty years later. <laughs> No, when was that? That was before the DVDs, was it?
0: Prelude. <laughs> was it? Was it concurrent with Nanic, with Series Seven being released on DVD? I can't remember. Possibly, yeah.
3: Uh, let's
1: let's check the very well maintained um,
0: Toss <laughs> archive. It was two thousand and five. Right. Nice. I said that year. I am so good at being a good. Uh, which was the year that Series Seven was
2: released? Not the best thing to coincide with the Series 7 release. That was, of course,
0: <laughs> Danny's Lego movie. But yeah, there's, there's just so much news here. You, awesome. I remember you saying, Capsi, that how are they going to fill a news page every single month? And the answer is, ask Craig Charles. Yeah. What is up to <laughs> or what, what he's not up to, as the case may fucking yeah. be. I, um, yeah. Yeah, there's a whole news about how he's there's fucked about. Paragraph about how he's not going to go
2: to America. That seems very like he does say, "Oh well, I get to say no before they, you know, I'm pulling out of them before they pull out of me." Which, you know, careful. Yeah. But like, it does seem to me like he's spinning. He's
0: spinning this to be
1: <laughs>
2: a little bit more. Political. But then he's not.
0: He's clearly not short of work in the UK. Yeah, yeah. that's
2: true. Maybe he was just so confident in his. This is exactly the time where people start getting really sick of him. I think because he was mm. everywhere. There will be a bit of a setback to that in a couple of years, but yeah. But just, I mean, fucking hell, it doesn't take them long to you know bounce back from that. Yeah. Not
0: everyone can can do that. But now there is an intriguing program announcement called Ghost
2: Watch. Yeah, Ghost Watch. What I thought about this is it doesn't play along. He's, he's saying I am sworn to secrecy. You wouldn't be sworn to secrecy about a you know alive. You know, do you know what I mean? Yeah. He's not playing along with an outer, but then I don't think it ever really isn't, did. It always was, you know, it was. There's no Robin Asquith, yeah. that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, isn't it funny? Uh, every, that There's always few. parallels here. And like, Inside Number Nine have just done uh, their second Ghost Watch, basically, haven't they? <laughs> yes. Um, they've they done it once, they've done it again.
0: Twice. Um, and this is issue number nine.
3: And this is issue Stephen
1: Reese wrote this. <laughs>
3: They won't fucking put it past them <laughs> to At go back in point. time. Yeah. Oh, mate! Yeah,
2: but um, yeah, it's fantastic. To What's see really
1: that.
3: funny is that it's like Craig is starring in a program called Ghost Watch. He's also in a program about weather called Weather Watch, and Craig Charles <laughs> be hosting the first virtual reality game show, Computer Watch. <laughs> <laughs> Has anyone found any of these episodes of Weather Watch? Because I need to There them. is
0: one. I go- I did a Google. Okay. There is one on YouTube, link in the show
3: notes. Oh, okay. I was
0: going to say, this This series is
2: good for a lot of things, but especially for Ian's big g n t v and spreadsheet. <laughs> yeah.
3: But yeah, Cyberzone. I Cyberzone. Cyberzone being a thing, I remember, like...
0: I remember Cyberzone very well. Yeah, I do. Mm. I like this slight snark in the thing. It's the first virtual reality game show. It will be a million miles away from going for gold. Yeah, fuck right, going for that gold. Is a towards going for gold. Going for gold is twenty times better than yeah. Okay, yeah, well, going for gold <laughs> is twenty
2: times better than uh, I mean, it's one of the best quiz shows. It did say it would be a
3: million miles away from going for gold. It didn't say in which direction. <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> the thing. I mean, you've got to give it its its props though, because this is you know this is now this is the first VR like I think we've talked about this before. This is the first yeah. VR like push. It's fairly forward looking to do something like this on BBC. Yeah. Mm. The the um, technology wasn't there. Yeah, it's a bit like <laughs> as, yeah. as
0: evidenced by the thing. It's the concept of the show is sound, but the the delivery is inadequate because of the technology.
2: It's a bit it's similar to the the show that Tony Robinson did where they used um the Total War games. Oh, uh Time Team. T- no. <laughs> no,
3: what the fuck was it? It <laughs> was like an RPG for like for archaeologists yeah well that's basically time commanders right so there was a series time commanders Commanders.
2: and that i remember yeah (laughs) they used the the creative assemblies total war games like rome total war medieval total war which are kind of like battle simulators oh my god yeah there is also when we talk about vr programs uh very recently there was a gardening program where they design someone's dream garden and then they fucking pretend that they're viewing it in VR and they're using like Oculus Go headsets that are not plugged in everyone puts them on and then they're like and then the background all changes and the CSO in their amazing new garden that's been designed and it's all bullshit but at least, it, at least they tried something they uh... <laughs> oh god did you do socials
0: for it <laughs>
2: yes <laughs> but,
0: <laughs> but in my previous time. job it's not. It's not my current employer. It's my previous employer, so I'm happy for it to be slugged off because I don't like my previous employer. Well, I enjoyed it, but it's yeah. like it was a. It didn't really respect the audience. It's all. Thing. Yeah. It's. Yeah, they put on the VI headsets and the thing disappears, but then you get shots of them reacting to it. Without, without VR headsets on. So, like, <laughs> the implication is that you're watching their avatars <laughs> yeah. reacting to it in the VR world, whereas in reality, they've taken the goggles off and said, right, recreate your reactions, please. But be- but because... Oh, I hated that show. Because it's your home made perfect is the original and your garden made perfect is the spin-off. The concept of the VR, I can take or leave, but the the fucking people on it. <laughs> it and it's like... <laughs> <laughs> They're talking about, oh, we've only got a modest budget. We've we've only got a hundred thousand pounds in which to do this renovation yeah, to our house. Yeah. And fuck off. Give me a hundred thousand pounds. I, I haven't even got a house. I could buy a house with a hundred thousand pounds. For This four-bedroom mansion isn't enough for us. We need. We need to create more space for our shoes.
2: She's a part-time yoga teacher, and he's sexes bees. Their budget is five million pounds.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs>
3: We're looking for a modest eight-bedroom barn <laughs> conversion.
2: See what I was hoping for. Like the the way you make a VR t- oh, like, TV series with VR elements. Interesting. Is that you make it in, like you allow people that have the same VR headsets at home to actually participate? The problem with that is no fucker really does because it's never really caught on properly. Um, maybe PSVR, like probably that's the thing that most people have is a PSVR. Maybe they could do that. But what I was hopeful for with this show is that like on oh, no, all the gardens can be downloaded on the Oculus app that you could uh, download yeah. onto your Quest or whatever. And yeah. I, I was hoping that would be the case because I'd be like, oh, get get my partner into VR because you know we've got a fucking headset lying around that doesn't really get used. And no, no, none of that. Nope. It's just, it is complete fabrication.
0: <laughs> it only needs to be a 3D model. It doesn't just, need to be Yeah, VR exactly.
2: Just show us. But it'd be cool. It'd be cool to actually, you know, to, to see, to go into VR and see what was designed. But as it happens, it might have been done. It might have been done real. But we don't know that for sure. It could you just get, be a you rendering. Get,
3: you get shown something that isn't. Yeah. Actually-
2: yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a bit of a bit of a. Isn't it funny that like whether it's ninety two, or two thousand twenty two, two thousand like twenty twenty, I guess, like, t- t- <laughs> like I guess uh, 2019 Like VR based TV shows just just tend to fail because it's not accessible technology and it's technology based really TV to.
3: shows in general are, are difficult.
0: Definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The best VR TV show is Nightmare, and that wasn't even VR. oh <sighs> The execution of nightmare. <laughs>
3: Did they try the of nightmare thing. VR? I'm pretty sure. Yeah. they tried a nightmare. It seems VR.
0: It seems like an
2: obvious yeah. thing. I've just suddenly thought, could could we do something?
0: There was a there was a pilot, I think.
3: Yeah, nightmare in VR, 2004 pilot. they tried to. They, but again, 2004 again, maybe before it was worth yeah. going yeah. for. There like, was now, no we now, we current
2: VR technology in 2004
3: nowadays you've got the vr environments. like this is not something that would be televised but it's something you could do as a an event in a in a warehouse like a crystal maze thing you, know, you could do it you of, could do it as like a game like uh um, nightmare no, experience keep
2: talking and nobody explodes but oh, nightmare you have one person with the fucking headset on it's it's right there
3: yeah yeah and, and if anyone doesn't know what keep talking and nobody explodes is get downloads keep talking and nobody explodes it's amazing. Yeah, it doesn't have to be VR. Like, it's not VR. Be, it doesn't yeah. have to. Yeah, all it needs is one person with a computer and everyone else can have a piece of paper, on them. It's a fucking amazing party game. Do it. Get it now. It's awesome.
2: Out now. It's better than a box.
3: It's been out for ages, yeah, but it's yeah. fucking well good. Anyways, yeah. So, cyberzone. <laughs> we
2: are. We are
0: on We are kings of tangents today, aren't we? Craig Charles is also going to present the Kiss FM morning show. Yeah, I'll never work out. I don't. I don't think it, Craig it, Charles is a
2: DJ. It's not much of a DJ, I don't think.
3: Uh. <laughs> now the loose ends, producing off the wall reports and off wall subjects—that's been mentioned before. Was that mentioned in one of the interviews with Craig? He said he was working on a program. What yeah, was quite possibly. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he mentioned he was going to be working on like reporting on certain issues. Yeah,
2: there was and... a, there was a there was something that sounded a bit more like. Like socially conscious issues, yeah. but this this sounds more like they're trying to make it sound like Louis Theroux, even though Louis Theroux uh, hadn't started doing stuff yet.
3: Mm. I like that though. I like that. I like the fact that that actually did happen, as opposed to every other project that Rob and Doug wanted to do and didn't happen. <laughs> so it's <laughs> yeah, exactly. nice to know some shit yeah. got through. Now, by this point, when had British Empire? When did British Empire start? Because I always assumed that like British Empire hadn't started until the least series. Oh, imagine now series four. I was thinking.
0: It was.
2: I yeah, mean, British Empire 19, started with 91. series one, Danny, oh, like okay. most TV shows. And then, <laughs> then after that, it becomes series two. And then
0: it just counts up like that. <laughs> for for the tape, I'm Danny is it. flipping me off. A big <laughs> So the last episode of series one of British aired on the same day as the first episode of series 4 of Red Dwarf.
2: Oh, okay, oh, so what's wow. series 4 then? Bloody hell, that was... Yeah, I like that, that it's was... like
0: tagging, like
2: like Chris Barry tagging out and tagging himself back in. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> uh, and similarly, the last episode of series 2 of the British Empire went out on the same day as the first episode of series 5 of Red uh-huh. <laughs> like Dwarf.
3: It. It's almost like he then planned... Then Red Dwarf moved for yeah.
0: series 6.
2: <laughs> Interesting. And then Chris Fox Red Dwarf off. For yeah. For Brits.
1: And then and then the British Empire finished.
3: Yeah.
2: <laughs> um, Danny John-Jules continuing his, made Marion many many made Marions.
0: He's make more made Marion. I don't
2: think I've ever seen that Christmas special. Yeah.
0: And there's news that Robert and Craig are going to appear at a sci-fi convention in Chicago. Which may or may not be, I'm not 100% sure, but it may be the one yeah. from the, um, the A to Z. I was thinking that, or was that, uh, that was Seattle. There's...
3: That was Seattle though, wasn't it?
0: There, there was Smegheads in Seattle, which was Craig and Danny. Danny and Craig, rather, oh. I I, wrong. <laughs> I think, I can't remember. Look it up. <laughs> um but yeah, that may or may not be the convention where someone asks what does smoke mean.
1: And
3: oh draw, okay, yes. Yeah. Oh that makes sense.
1: Okay,
2: yeah. Uh, do you remember in when we were doing the last issue, some know nothing cunt said that Trek Dwarf was finished by yes. now.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> so apparently they still they had a tr- like Trek Dwarf and Dimension and Jump had a crossover. They
3: had running concurrently,
2: yep. yeah. yeah. Actually, Actually I don't yeah. think I don't think we ever said that there wasn't another Trek Dwarf after that point, but like I mean,
3: if 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 Dimension Jump is what eighteen pounds? Was it eighteen pound for entry to?
2: Or was no, it, it was a that? bit more.
3: Was it more than that? Yeah. So it I remember was. the the trek dwarf was like, so it, so it cost twenty five pound to ten. And I was like, ah, oh, fuck off! But then I realised actually that's probably quite cheap considering.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah. I like it's yeah, it's a three dayer. I like the
2: uh, the, the, the word of warning. It's like we suggest you write off to them. And closing a stamp address envelope for details before sending off any quids. <laughs> it's like fuck like I mean I that that's how I registered for the first DJs like sending off a check in the post. It's like mm. and like, you know, registering for the fan club. It's just you're so used to the immediate like and the safety of online transactions.
3: I um, remember posting my application for ticket to Dimension Jump through the post. I yeah like obviously yeah. all of them been done online since that but like, I remember having to do that. Right at the end of that, pro-
2: of that time. Yeah
3: yeah,
2: yeah. 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 Oh, burgers were a penny then.
3: Now, <laughs> so I remember there was a mention of an auction going on for Red Dwarf uh, merchandise and mm-hmm. before I got to the end of the, the, this magazine, I was convinced that this was their report. <laughs> because they said, oh, a full report will be coming in future issues and... I thought this was it.
1: This was it. <laughs> hey, 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 Interesting. Full report. <laughs> and then Two later sentences. on, it. it does say
3: that there is more later on. But like, just yeah. like I was like, I genuinely thought I was like, oh, is this the fucking report? Is this what they've said? It's... Oh,
0: brilliant! We're still waiting for things that they've promised us in past issues. Mm. <laughs> like, yeah. there's so many competitions that have never been resolved, like, and we opened them up to our. Readers slash listeners, like I'm sure there's at least one. There's a caption, caption competition.
3: competition. Yeah,
2: there is. So <laughs> do yeah. we? Do, so do you know whether that ever does get resolved, or do we need to? I can't remember. Oh, I shit. think we
0: we have to wait until the end and just do a. We don't want to get in trouble pod. with
2: offpod. We need to wrap, <laughs> We need to wrap these up.
3: Put it this way: if there was any trouble with offpod, it would have already happened by now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay. So, let's get on to the main feature of this magazine then. <laughs> Why have they done this again? <laughs> if there's one, like, no matter what else, like, the news page is is a relatively recent edition and it's improved, the interviews in this <laughs> are really juicy, the reviews are good, the comic strips are excellent, there is still, these, yes. still in-character diary entries.
3: <laughs> now, there's an interesting one about this one, though, because this has a callback within its own magazine, which I think is quite interesting. It's almost like as if this whole thing exists in order to give that comic context.
1: (laughs)
0: Yeah. Same writer as well. Uh, Steve Lyons wrote this piece, this prose piece, and wrote the comic that's coming up later. Exactly.
3: So, yeah, it's all linked. I kind of like that. I like that there's actually continuity between the articles and the comics. I kind of like
0: that. Once you get to the comic and you realise that there's a link between them, it makes this article better in retrospect.
3: It does, yeah.
0: It's not terrible. Like it's not it's, painful.
3: It's the style that gets me. There's nothing
0: dodgy about
2: it. I just it's boring. It just, when it's, yeah, it just goes when on. it's a monologue like this. And like one of the things they've been doing since the beginning is developing their ability of writing Hattie's Holly as like a character, mm. and they're getting quite good at it. So obviously they should write this where all of Holly's lines are completely unheard and unwritten and you've just got Rimmer monologuing. Yeah, monologue just in. implied. It's just mm. yeah. impenetrable.
0: You see all of Rimmer's replies to what Holly says,
2: yeah. but you don't get Holly's yeah. voice. You don't get a flow. And I just, like, honestly, I get the same thing with androids. <laughs> we'll get to that. So when I'm reading it, literally I go cross-eyed. I go cross-eyed, I just can't even, I cannot focus on what I am ingesting. And I don't <laughs> think I've, like, I honestly did not finish this. I didn't finish it.
3: <laughs> I hate to like this is what like Houth and lines were really good at having a very very in-depth knowledge of the minutia of Red Dwarf and these feel like yeah. excuses to flex their knowledge. That seems to be what it is. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I'm just saying that that seems to be what it is. It's like it's like oh we know like we managed to find all these little things that make sense in context and we can put it yeah. all in these articles. And I get it, but just yeah, it's just
0: German in the back references.
3: Yeah, One th-
0: especially as later in the magazine there's a there's another ref dwarf uh, for Rimmer mm. that uses a lot of the same back references.
3: Exactly. Yeah, yeah, it feels like you
2: just it's like
0: they're showing their research. Yeah.
2: One thing I do like <clears throat> is the artwork of the the RoboCop yeah. traffic cop and and Rimmer's expression of just like oh fuck,
1: fuck. <laughs> it's like it's. <laughs>
0: The art is great. <laughs> it's I mean, really good. I've got no complaints about the art. Yeah. It's amazing, <laughs> um, the artwork is fantastic. Which is uncredited, as far as I can tell. Okay. I feel like uh, the style is
2: familiar. I feel like we could probably piece things together. But...
0: Yeah. Well, the artists <laughs> overall are credited as Nigel Kitching, Ron Smith, Glenn Ricks, and Kev F. Sutherland. It must be Glenn Ricks uh, because all the others are credited on the comic strips.
1: Yeah. Uh-huh.
0: So, well done, Glenn Wicks.
3: Okay. And Glenn Ricks has appeared before, I'm sure. That name, I'm sure oh, that yeah. name's come up.
2: Uh, he, he, he's definitely riding the copyright line with Robocop. Quite well.
3: his visor has two... Two eyes, not one, so it is different in a court. Exactly. Um, real ones. Robocop has a mouth. He does. This one does not have a mouth. It's more like Bender. Matt Grady <laughs> gets idea for a sitcom. <laughs> 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 he does.
2: Just really, I didn't really pass those lines as, like, as being teeth, <laughs> but now I am. That's hilarious.
0: <laughs> Glenn Ricks was credited for feature artwork in issue five and issue nine. So yeah. Makes
1: sense.
0: Uh do we wanna <laughs> I mean we've already gone on for over an hour on this magazine and there's still so much more to come. Um if you're interested, just read it. Uh we're not particularly interested.
2: It feels like a relic of of a previous era of this of this magazine that we're yeah, that, yeah, we're yeah. excited to
0: move on from. And speaking of relics for previous
2: years,
0: <laughs> Speaking of moving on from things... <laughs> there was a running joke on the last magazine podcast slagging off the Amiga. <laughs> oh, like, just...
2: like, Commodore is basically dying right now, and they're the first ones to take out a two-page advert. Two-page? I
3: thought this was the poster. I, thought I was very confused because I thought this was the poster. I was like, what the fuck is this?
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Those are quite clearly uh some of the gelfs from last human <laughs> one of them's the snug giraffe yeah. one of them
3: <laughs> it's very good what someone game is built... that
2: for what's the, what's the game i
3: don't know left? someone made an entire model for them though that's the impressive bit yeah that was a thing where the artwork for the game was non-graphic. like infinitely better than <laughs> the actual game itself i mean there's a whole article about uh artwork that was like everyone remembers the artwork like the doom and all the rest of it where the, mm.
1: the artwork is yeah. just
3: yeah it's just like incredible it's like they're trying to get across this idea of what these two pixels look like when you finally play the game yeah.
0: Uh i've just had a look at the small print to see if it says what the game is supposed to represent and it doesn't but there is a list of selected stores where the amiga 600 is available i wonder like as a percentage let's <laughs> see how many is still going okay so we've got Alders. Alders gone that's that's dead. That's Argos still going. Barely. <laughs> Calculus. Never heard of it. Calculus. Calculus no. Clydesdale. Clydesdale. No. That's a bank. Yeah. yeah. Colorvision dead. Dead. Comet. Gone. Co-op still going.
1: Yeah.
3: Curry's part of PC World. Yeah.
0: Ditto Dixon's. <laughs> Ditto Dixon's. <day> <laughs> Harrods yeah. they are still going still Harrods' still going. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you can get it at Co op and Harrods. How many other products can you think <laughs>
3: uh, House of Fraser, that has Gone to some
2: extent, it has. Yeah, it's one if, that feels like it's died in lockdown or something.
3: House of Friends is like multiple stuff, it's not just a shop, it's a shop of shops. Manweb, Manweb, Manweb,
0: MEB is no more, and right. I assume it's uh, it was uh, Midlands Electricity Board MEB, like Norweb, like yeah. It, so, most if not all of those regional uh, ele- energy companies. That used to have stores and used to generate money in
2: lots no of other ways. Way, really, uh,
0: but were publicly owned. Yeah.
3: So that explains. Southern Electric, Sweb retail. Yeah, I feel. Like, I
2: feel boxes. like I'm missing out on a lot of these stores because I wasn't a fucking dirty city boy growing up like you. Well, Yorkshire, Yorkshire, I electricity. Remember Yorkshire
3: electricity having a shop. That's why I do. Yeah, remember. I don't. That's yeah. weird. Yeah, yeah, I do. I remember the logo and everything.
2: Rumbelows, Tandy.
3: Yeah, Tandy's gone.
2: Tandy did computers. They actually,
3: yeah, it was it was Radio Shack. Wow, equivalent the radio Tell hey, me hey. if we pass a Radio Shack.
2: <laughs> Problem with Amigas, right? Around this time the PCs that were getting traction were all IBM compatibles. So basically the exact same architecture that we still use today. But Commodore did have computers like that, but also things like the Amiga, which is its own its own thing. I think it was just it was just a
0: little bit, you know, behind the curve of what was happening. They um, yeah, they backed their own their own archi- operating yeah. system, uh, their own architecture rather than jumping on jumping on fully the compatibles to, Yeah, to what was going on in the wider industry. Mm. Um
2: Idiots. also they put the mice on the wrong side.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I've just realised that and it's already annoyed me. I know that's very
2: <laughs> that's very uh, anti sinister, but it's called sinister <laughs> for a reason, you fucking freaks.
3: <laughs> I'm so I can do fuck all with both of them. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'm having that.
2: Have you met me, anti sinister?
0: Fucking creeps you out.
2: She's a bit weird.
3: <laughs> well, again, double page advert and, and not really many other adverts other than that. That must have paid for the magazine outright, to be fair. Paid for the magazine and finished off Commodore.
0: And finished off <laughs> Commodore. <laughs> it's a win win.
3: final damning
2: indictment. <laughs> So, if you're reproducing Lister's job interview or job application for James, what is the one open goal that you can that you can put in this that is a good reference to the books?
3: You put David in both of the things. You put David
2: Uh, in both of the things with David crossed out.
3: Yeah.
2: Line one, you fuck it up.
3: To be fair though, (laughs) they they, they do do a lot of the other things. Yeah, the
2: rest of it's. I think the rest of it's good. I I like stuff like this because it's. Maybe I'm sounding lazy here, but this is not a high effort thing to. Consume, whereas it's, yeah, yeah. it's
0: good fun and you yeah. can spot little details. Visually, it's a lot more interesting. interesting and easy on the eye, and it feels like a page that you get in like a spin-off book. Yeah, like, like you know, an, yeah. the, the fast show, and, Mr. Bean's and diary and Mr. Bean's diary. Don't <laughs> think, yeah. <laughs> which is which is a touchstone,
2: a cultural Street touchstone book, for all geriatric millennials. Is Mr. Bean's fucking diary, <laughs> and we all had it. It was
3: brilliant. Yeah, it was. It was great. I remember the um the, the there's always there's always a joke whenever there's any of these things where you have to write it into a form and there's like there's always sex and it's like, Yes please yeah. <laughs> But what I find quite funny is the title where he just rewrites Jupiter Mining in Corporation's application yeah, That's, a, point. that's, a, very good that's
1: joke. a really
2: good joke. The um tick next to Born I really like. <laughs> 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 that's a better version of sex if available,
3: yeah. Just yeah. Yeah, I want it. I like the fact that this is to be completely in block capitals, and it just isn't at all. yeah.
2: Uh, it's a bit like this page has been left intentionally blank. <laughs>
3: Experience in related fields when camping in the second year crossed out. <laughs> sorry, yeah, sorry. Once used a screwdriver. <laughs> There's some good stuff in here. There's some good little jokes. I like it.
2: Yeah, just pack in some punch lines like and don't you don't wrap it up in a
0: load of prose, basically. Yeah. Referees section where he is named two <laughs> sports referees. Good joke in itself. It's joke. But because it's the future, you couldn't like just say famous ones, so they've put made up names. And I've just realised what those names are. Oh they're both oh, yes. they there are there are five doctors yeah, mixed together.
3: Oh, Patrick McCoy, Peter Baker. Ah. Yeah. Nice. They
2: also sound like referees. So they pretty do. good. Yeah. Pretty good all round. So is
3: that is that is that the, is that how you generate?
2: I was about to like say, it's like, no, that's four doxers, mate. Can you not fucking count? Until <laughs> <laughs> I realised the double. Well there
0: has been yeah. an extra there's been an extra Peter since but I've not included Oh him. yeah, that's
2: true. Yeah, six And then uh-huh. the interviewer, I quit. <laughs> <Yeah>.
3: <laughs> but that it's... should have been yeah, Caldecott would have been like just a little thing like that where you put Caldecott on yeah. Like, yeah, just... But again, Luggies Locker 4179 seven, Central Shuttle Station, that's a book reference, that's good. It's attention to detail, you don't tend to get.
0: And um, the education section in the book, it says I've got however many GCSEs, and they said, but they don't really count because I failed them. Yeah. And here they plan. specify. In like really small text because
2: like, they had to fit it in after. Yeah. <laughs> <Although> <laughs> I
3: have actually just realised that he applied for captain.
1: <laughs> And would accept <laughs> That's it, really This
0: is how you do a written character piece, yeah, yeah and it not be shit. Yeah. It's just because it's it's far more interesting and far more, and due to the nature, easy of, to get gags across. Yeah. than there's lots and lots of little quick fur gags rather than three pages of solid text. Yeah. just to wade through. and
2: due to the nature, like of this sort of piece, is you can't really credit it to anyone. So these good yeah. bits just don't get the credit. I mean, it could well have been. Steve Lyons again. It feels uh, but, like
3: it's going to be, yeah, Howard Lyons. I have realised that the surname and forenames are the wrong way around. Yeah, oh, okay,
2: it's right, so you got... Yeah, I mean, to be fair, who the fuck... Like, I
0: always do that wrong. That's because you go
3: by your surname. You call me life. by my surname, I don't go by my surname. <laughs> <laughs> this is when we find out that Capsi does not like being called Capsi, Despite being called... 20, two, no, names, it's, just, yeah. it's,
2: just that, it's just that you were... Two of maybe five people in the
0: whole world that call me Capsi.
3: No one else calls you Capsi. Capsi, that's bullshit.
0: That's lies. Yeah, no one. Th- your fucking family call you Cap. Like your brother calls you Capsi. Oh, he used to. He
2: doesn't now. <laughs> He's gone out of
3: that.
0: Now. He actually calls me Jonathan now. I think.
3: Who's fucking Jonathan? Work,
2: work calls me JC. Uh, you know who's to who's Jesus to argue Christ. with them? You know, call me JC if you want. That is for other
0: people to say.
2: <laughs> this is why, like, you know, my 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 son, like, he has. I give. I have about ten different names for him. It's probably passing on the trauma of the fact that everyone's got a different name for me in my life. Like, I'm gonna I'm
0: gonna start calling your
2: son Capsy because exactly it exactly, it's actually it's actually he will get it eventually because. You know, everyone you know picks up their genius friends that think, "Oh, do you know what? I'm going to put a Y on the end of his surname." No one's ever done that before.
0: Capslet. <laughs> Capslet. Capslet was what he was called before he was born. Yeah, oh, before, that's right. Yeah. Before his name, before he had his big name reveal. And I had you a, signed a signed for it. Name, didn't you? Yeah. I nearly, but narrowly avoided inheriting my dad's nickname, uh, which was Slimer. Slimer. <laughs> <laughs> because slimes, slimes, Slimer.
3: Okay, I'm glad it's just. Etymological. That's where the, the name. Comes. <laughs> yeah. Well, weirdly, because he was a green ghost. <laughs>
2: I was going to say, yeah, but it wouldn't have been a. It, like, it'd be more I think likely. He might have it. It,
0: yeah, yeah. He, I, he had that nickname before Ghostbusters. I don't. I don't think Slimer from Ghostbusters could have existed without Dave Sand.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: without the wit of the <laughs> Land Rover factory. In yeah. Solihull.
2: Yeah, it's, yeah, when you think about it, it's more likely that you would have got the nickname Slimer just because of the, how popular
0: Slimer was. I was known as Son of, Son of Slimer by a lot of people, yeah. But they're all dead now. Was <laughs> it all the same incident?
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> now then, we've had many interviews with many cast members and they've all been interesting in their own ways. Now we come to the Norman Lovett interview, which is... The source of so much juice. <laughs> <laughs> so much meat. So so the much
2: juice. juice. You can imagine Health and Lion's walking out of the cafe on this day and just being like, <laughs> yeah. fucking yes.
0: Holy shit.
2: That, <laughs> what have we uncovered. fucking done it.
0: <laughs> From one question. Obviously, what everyone's dying to know is why you left Red Dwarf. There's, yes. there's three full <laughs> yeah.
2: I, not that I bothered.
0: Yeah, do I don't, but, I don't
2: care. I'm glad. I'm glad that. I'm glad left. that yeah. left. Yeah, you're getting a lot of that. Like, oh, I'm about to do my very successful series that will. Oh, definitely bless you.
0: Yeah. So yeah, well, he starts off by giving the story that we do get on um, the Polish national. Yeah, collection it all checks out, doesn't we, it? We what get, he
2: says, what yeah. Doug says, like. Right. You know. Yeah. Um,
1: yeah.
0: His perspective on it, his point of view didn't change in that yeah. intervening time mm-hmm. from when this was, you know, relatively fresh in the memory, it was only three years later. Versus what he said when recalling it many years later in, in Body Snatcher, Norman's POV is exactly the same. Mm-hmm. But what Body Snatcher gives us is the counter argument from production yeah. to give, you know, both sides of the story, which is, you know, the right to reply. To be perfectly
2: honest, Norman's side of the story still yeah. like it is is you can tell it's the truth because it doesn't one hundred percent paint him in in a particularly good light. Yeah, it casts him as being quite stubborn. <laughs> Who'd have thought that Norman <laughs> of it is a bit stubborn? you yeah, not getting another line out. I yeah, mean. well, it just you know, you, you can just tell it's the truth because it. It isn't. It isn't whitewashing him. Yeah, and it isn't co- totally like you know, like Robin not cast as villains. They're cast as the people ringing him, saying, "What the fuck, man? Why are you in our show anymore? I don't it's understand." It's very
0: interesting, but you know, yeah, it's clear who is cast as uh-huh. villains, <laughs> even though he doesn't outright say it. It's clearly Paul Jackson well, is he the kind of does in, well, in Norm's yeah. head. Yeah, but there's a sense that he maybe he feels that it's a shame mm. that it didn't work out with him and Robin Doug, and that he may have wanted to stay on for Robin Doug's sake, but it felt like Paul Jackson was the businessman in his suit and tie. Literally. Whereas Robin Doug were part of the posse. Mm. I like Paul Jackson a lot. I don't
2: think I would have known what I know would ever want to work with him, even now. Like, (laughs) it would be, I think it would just be too much. Like, you know, send me into a breakdown. It's interesting. I mean, God, he was miles ahead of, you know, the curve when it comes to work from home culture, wasn't he? (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) to be fair i moved 250 miles for you know personal life reasons and for relationship reasons and i managed to keep hold of my job and he was trying to do it you know 20 years earlier
0: so yeah that just opens the interview with (laughs) blowing the whole thing apart and i think that that was what we were alluding to earlier with stories that you assume only came to light later but then you discover that they've been out there since 92 it's just (laughs) that
2: Just haven't found that
0: widely reported on. Just a bit buried, yeah. And then it all got relitigated with the DVDs. And then he spends most of the interview talking about and referring back to his forthcoming series. And there's a slightly painful element of he's never arrogant about it yeah. well maybe a little bit <laughs> but he's never to the extent of saying this is definitely going to be a success this is definitely going to turn my career around this is definitely he was what confident be before it. but he was confident that that could be the case yeah. and it didn't it didn't make him a huge star it was whether it was good or bad and I think what I've seen of I love it which isn't all of it but what I've seen I liked but it definitely wasn't you know yeah. it wasn't a star maker
1: no.
2: probably probably did did all right for him though. he's probably you know one of those projects when you got your own show like that probably kind of you know set him up quite nicely but yeah like you know he talks talks very warmly about ian patterson and and you know it sounds like
0: that was a good move but yeah yeah and there's no ego in terms of material i found that interesting like he doesn't you know he admits that ian patterson's got strengths that he doesn't have in terms of structuring it and and you know Making it less childish, he said that it was. Yeah, they said it was too childish. I'm good at doing the the simple visual gags, and he's good at making it into a proper program. Mm. Is he seems like a very for someone who's so known as a stand-up, and for the type of stand-up that he does, which is very much a one-man band, he comes across as a good collaborator.
3: I think if 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 a good idea comes along, he's not going to just he'll know to accept it, and he'll know to you know. Mm. I don't think he's one to turn down a good idea especially if someone can
2: know how to... Yeah, no, he's his main focus always seems to be making the thing that he's currently involved in as good as possible, and he doesn't seem to have an ego with the to that, despite the fact... Despite the story of, you know, hey, this is the money, he'd, like, get his face on the screen. Yeah. That now doesn't really seem as ego driven because
0: no apart from anything else he was right yeah well he, he was, was 100% totally right yeah
2: yeah but like when he's saying like yes I will have a writer come in and fix my pilot script that takes quite yeah. a lot on a show that's named after you you'd imagine because
3: uh, um, he did say that like once he'd done the Rupert Wax thing it was like then he was seen on television and he wanted to be continued to be seen on television seen, which is yeah. why he wanted to that's fascinating Which is very, you know, it's like, it's like a, almost like this, this face is my CV kind of thing. Like, this is, this is part of my, my package. This is, this is what you get.
2: It is the face of the greatest lover who ever lived.
1: Yeah.
0: It's like he's graduated to being someone whose face is on telly. So it feels like a demotion to be a voiceover. And that
3: makes more sense when you see it in context of the history of it. It just feels like it's ego when it without context, but with it, it kind of makes sense. I can understand it it is interesting because what I can never get my head around is how he really feels about Hattie because when
2: he's all over the place
3: yeah it's like oh I I, you know I don't want it to do she should have done it another way and it's like but Hattie's not like me
2: yeah also Hattie didn't know anything about your
1: yeah
3: and then they did say well she was doing what she did in Parallel yeah I suppose she was it's like yeah Yeah. but but no but she still shouldn't have done it like me it's like you you still seem a bit adamant that she was sort of stealing your bit here (laughs) it's like yeah
0: (laughs) And his notion that it, he she should have done it like White Hole the whole time—that's mm. not funny. No, that would, that, <laughs> that would wouldn't have worked. worked. The whole point that it works in White Hole is because it's so different to her normal. Yeah.
3: But it does go to show that Norman continued to watch Red Dwarf after his involvement, which is
2: yes. Yeah. Nice. Like to to a, to a fault, it sounds like it sounds like he was maybe a little bit too interested in how Red Dwarf was going. Oh, he said he, he
0: missed he missed a bit of. Um, he missed a bit of series. That's oh, fine because series eight. five isn't that funny
2: anyway. So you know, <laughs> not about it.
0: He says something at one point about whether he'd ever come back. Yeah, he said one. And off. he says, he says, yeah, maybe for a one-off or maybe if I needed the money. Yes, that. that <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How
2: did that end up? <laughs> Do you remember the clash, Ian? Danny? Uh,
3: just about, uh, yeah. Between Rob and Doug. <laughs> <laughs>
2: All that sort of stuff. So, did anyone else know about his origins in stand-up and his first act? No. Being musical?
3: I didn't know he could play the guitar, for a start.
2: Yeah, I didn't fucking know. I thought he was like... I mean, you guess you always think that, you know, these comedians come out fully formed, you know, for yeah. the first time yeah, they yeah. step on stage. But, like, yeah, I didn't know I didn't know he had, like, a musical act. Was it one of Norman's daughters, one of Mac's daughters,
0: that did a set? It was, it was a love
3: It, it was a love it. I think
0: it was... I think it was Lily.
3: It was the one where. It was the one where Lister. um, Fucking Lister. One where Craig came back after. um,
0: (laughs) Peter (laughs) Raleigh.
3: Of
2: course, yes. Okay, there we go.
0: There we go. There we go. I like the bit where he's asked about what contemporary comedians he likes, and he lists. A load of people from the '80s. Yeah, not that they weren't still doing stuff at that time, but it wasn't like cutting edge. Roman Atkinson was
2: definitely contemporary. Would you say he was at the top? It was after the top it, of his game, but he was still
0: up. He was Mister Bean. Yeah, he was. Mr. He was yeah, okay, right. so yeah, Telly. Yeah. yeah,
2: he was making his. He was. He was doing the thing that would make his. Yeah, I'm not millions. saying
0: like. Yeah, he names Roman Atkinson, Rick Mail, Aid Edmondson, Arnold Brown. Arnold Brown was always a more of a niche mm-hmm. one. Ted Chippington. Uh, I only really know him from being in the Young Ones. Yeah, Uh, but he's like a a comedian's comedian. Arnold Brown.
3: Oh, he's the Jewish Scottish comedian.
0: Two stereotypes for the price of one. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I'm not saying that Rowan Atkinson, Rick Mellon, and Ed Edmondson weren't Mm. hugely successful and current at the time because you know this was also bottom era. But it's just that when you ask what contemporary comedians you like, you don't. Think people that started over ten right, years okay.
2: ago. Okay, so you'd be thinking of like, yeah, the the. I mean, we. I guess Harry Enfield. Harry Enfield. Like he also mentioned yeah.
0: Terry Enfield, and he's probably yeah. Even though he was on SNL in the late eighties, this was very much his time where he was on. the I ride. guess
2: Liam and Herring would have been a very hipster choice, but they are contemporary yeah. up and coming comedians at this yeah, point. Yeah. Um, uh, David Bedell, maybe Newman like and yeah. Frank Skinner, had he turned up yet? Just about,
0: yeah. He, I think he he won Edinburgh in ninety one. I think he won Edinburgh. He won, Edinburgh. won sir, the, Peri- t- won the Peri- Sir, A- you
2: have won the internet.
0: Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that reminds me of something he says. Like he says, I always like it when I score good points in an episode. I felt like I scored good points there. As in, like he got a lot of laughs. Is that thing of, and it reminds me of Rick Mayle. Or people tell the story of yeah. when Rick Mail uh, did flash art for the first time, yeah. and then comes off and says, "I think I won." <laughs> so, I remember the
2: Robin Dug interview. They were cagey about um, Alfred Molina and Alan Rickman. Is this the first time we've seen Alfred Molina's name when Norman just just said it out loud in this. <laughs> It just seems like this might be the first time that it would, like that information was being yeah. freely kind of discussed.
0: Yeah, Powers and Lions don't say, "Oh, yeah, Alfred Molina." They're like, because he says, "Oh, it's, I'll tell you who else was up for that part." The man who played Hancock, like he's trying to remember the name, and they're saying, "Oh, Alfred Molina." Yeah, is how you could read it. Yeah, the man yeah. who played Hancock. The man who played Hancock is was Hancock, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Bastard. <laughs> Give
3: me the thumbs. <laughs> Hang on. I don't, I, don't, I don't. I've just read that now. Maybe again. there was a, a drama.
2: Would about been, yeah, there would have been something contemporary that we have since forgotten about. That's that. That was my assumption. I kind
0: of thought that like there would be something that like everyone would. know. Oh, he played. He played Matt Hancock. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was a 1991 drama. Uh, Alfred Melina played Tony Hancock.
3: Right. Oh right. Uh, look at him now, and I'm like, yeah, that looks. Yeah, yeah
2: I was gonna say Alfred Molina, Yeah, yeah you can imagine. Okay. Although t- t- Tony Hancock, uh, Tony Hancock, t- Tony, Tony Hancock, Hon- 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 t- Hon- t- Tony Hancock, of course, had the arms coming out of his back, as old, so Alvin Molina was born to play
0: Doctor Hancock. <laughs>
3: <laughs> and that's the name of this episode. <laughs> <laughs> there is a mention that they were planning on shooting. Oh, yeah, a rumour that yeah. Series 6 was going to be not in audience. front of an audience. So
0: they're
2: already thinking about doing
0: that. One series early.
2: How, yeah, yeah. like This is continuing the trend of like last, last month. We had Rob and Doug saying, mm. yeah, back on the ship, lots of Holly, blah, 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 which the opposite happened. And now we're like, lack of audience, which suggests they're going down the sci-fi over comedy route that 5 apparently took. And again, no. (laughs) It's probably (laughs) the most gag-heavy series that we ever got. It's, uh, It's fascinating how just the exact opposite ended up happening with all these assumptions.
3: Whether that was always a conversation they have every series, like should maybe, we do it without an yeah. audience this time? And it's like we'll try it without one. <laughs> oh no, we really do want the audience back and it's like those conversations and then when we hear about it it sounds like as if it's like a concrete argument they were having yeah. as to having you know I mean, it could have yeah. been just a suggestion, you know, that was like maybe we do this one without an audience, maybe it's cheaper budgetarily, dunno, maybe and then just yeah. like how would we do that? Oh, it's, it's it's unfeasible, the cast don't like the idea, we're not gonna do it. And then it just that happens every year.
2: It's also very easy to, like, slip into the audience sitcoms started with The Office, you know, any kind of Guardian TV reviewer would say. But, like, even here, Norman's saying, well, you know, that's the modern thing, isn't it? You know, doing it without an audience. Yeah, you know, just loads of comedies.
0: Yeah. No, because The Office invented it. <laughs> exactly, yeah, yeah. It wasn't for another ten years before Ricky Gervais invented new comedy. Fucking day-to-day did, yeah. Now that we're thirty-ish years into this dwarf cast, have we, <laughs> from this interview, have we had a cultural reappraisal of Benny Hill yet?
1: Oh
3: dear! He also mentions Woody Allen as all well. the
0: people are all the people are saying Benny Hill's sexist. And
3: he, and was. he was, but he was funny. But
1: yeah.
0: this this is like oh, you could say what you like about Bernard
2: Manning, but he knew how to write a joke. It's like yeah, no fucking shit. He was a stand-up comedian. Of course, he knew how to write a joke. That is irrelevant to the conversation. It's whether you have
3: the fucking ethical nouns to fucking say said joke in front of people.
2: Next time you're passing, fucking pass. <laughs> My favourite is still the English couple on holiday in, in Spain and they hear a knock on the door and it's, it's their neighbours and it says, hello, I started Bisto. I said, fuck off, you Spanish cunt.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> the thing with that one is that it is also poking fun at Yorkshire and York, the Yorkshire accents. I th- I, th- I, think like that is an example of there is some balance creeping in there, but he was a horrible cunt. <laughs> Norman Lovett is 45 for this interview which is something that gave me a bit of a shock actually (laughs) to think about because I'm not a million miles away from 45 No, I'm only five years away pretty much Um, but he he really does, like 45 was fucking old back then wasn't it
3: Yeah, I remember my dad being 40 and thinking wow he's such an old man and I'm 38 (laughs) yesterday
2: the daddy's 38, I'm 39 you know, almost to thirty nine and forty respectively. Yesterday we spent the day sat on his bed playing video games.
3: Yeah, we fucking
2: did. <laughs> we fucking did. Fucking
3: played burnout remastered, my friend fucking joy. Norman Lovett
2: will not have been round his mate's house. Anyway. <laughs> playing <laughs> his mate had an Amiga six hundred. <laughs> no one had an Amiga six
3: <laughs>
2: Yeah They didn't have what it takes. Yeah, what's my point? Is it yeah he he's he is he is old fashioned, isn't he? He's a bit he's a bit stuck.
0: I was talking about this the other day in the context of like grandparent <laughs> I was talking about my primary school and how the head teacher at my primary school seemed ancient. Like in my memory she's this withered <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, dottery, shaky old woman. And she was <laughs> thinking about it. Because she retired while I was at the school, so she must have been sixty at most yeah. as a, a woman at that time. Sixties, <laughs> but nothing. in the memory, she was like doddery. Mm. But there is a thing that in the past, people reached a certain age and acted old. Like there was a uniform for any woman over fifty had to wear like a polyester dress and a cardigan. The haircut, yeah, the haircut was was mandatory. The blue rinse and all that men had to wear a cheap suit at all times, uh, except at home the jacket was replaced with a cardigan um, yeah, it was like when you either when you got to be a grandparent, because everyone had kids much younger as well so people just got older quicker okay. and became grandparents quicker and as soon as you become a grandparent you have to conform to the grandparent stereotype it's like Logan's run, but with blue rinses yeah, yeah. <laughs>
3: It's like uh, a social level that you reach yeah. at a certain point. Yeah. Well, it's like my
2: my grandma. I mean, she only very recently passed at ninety eight years old, but like it was just she she had the perm, and you just always. You, I remember seeing women of her age, or like if I saw a woman of her age that didn't have that perm, it was like a shock to mm-hmm. me. <laughs> it's like you're absolutely right. <laughs> it's a fucking social uniform that people wear based yeah. on their age,
0: based on their mm-hmm. class, I guess but you think now our parents are of the age if not older than we don't like we knew our grandparents. grandparents when they turned 70 mm-hmm. and my dad's 72 my dad is now older than my nan ever was because she died before she reached 70 but Didn't like, they way. don't act like old people yeah. <laughs> they don't look like old people in the same way every world.
2: generation of old people act differently like you know yeah we'll probably still be acting much like this when we're in our 60s like I don't see why not and
0: hopefully we won't all be Tories or dead <laughs> or dead I, well,
2: I, I, if, if
3: one then tother i'm kind I'm kind
2: of <laughs> hoping the danger years of turning Tory' have kind of the like we we've we've weathered that storm now, you know oh yeah, we, yeah. Know.
0: there's definitely gen X's that have gone a little bit right wing haven't they yeah
2: we've come out the other end of that, I think <laughs> I hope it helps that I have an eighteen year old stepson kind of it's actually quite refreshing, you know you get get that kind of be around that attitude of the upcoming youth, the people that are going to be in charge in 10 years, 20 years' time. It's, um, it's good to alpha. Quite, It's quite useful. He's Z, I think. I think he's Gen Z. So yeah. he's, I mean, he just spends most of his day dabbing, you know. But, <laughs> but he does it with a social conscience, you know, so it's, it's really nice. He should go
3: to his own room and do that in private. <laughs> <laughs> Classic 18-year-old, yeah.
2: Same as it ever was. God, we've had this love-hate thing with Norman, haven't we? Like forever, basically. Love it. Love, love Love it. Love Love, love, it. <laughs> love it. Yeah. Um, and sometimes you you, you think, ah, oh, do you know what? You know, he's a nice guy, or like he's very he's very honest, he's very down to earth. And at other times, you just think, oh, fuck off, you old cunt. Like, and <laughs> he has this dynamic, and it it's, uh, it makes him very interesting.
3: And the thing is, that changes depending on what you're reading as well. Because yeah, if something you read before, you realise. You might not like him for X, Y, and Z, but then you realize you read something before that or after that, yeah. and you're like, "Oh, he's all right. He's all right. He's Just you know, it's just in a bit of a mood that day." And then it, like, then he'll say something else, yeah. and be like, "Oh yeah, no, it's yeah, not in mood. Right. It's because he's an idiot."
0: I think he's always been very candid. Mm-hmm. I think that might be it. Like yeah. he never disguises when he's in a bad mood. No, <laughs>
1: <Yeah. I can
2: laughs> like he's happy that. to let people know. He's like the
0: embodiment of the
2: like. Oh, I just say it, I just say it how it is. But like he j- does actually just Put it in a good say way. it ha- yeah. how it is. How he, yeah, how he feels at that
0: particular time. Like he's never, he's never taken a PR line. He's mm, never, yes, uh, yeah. He's never hidden. He's anything. never been managed.
3: This man is unmanageable. It just means you're flaky as fuck. <laughs> well, <laughs> think, and you're you know, not quite sure how someone's going to be received from one minute to the next. Yeah. It's like Jekyll and Hyde.
2: It's like he's he's not signing some of the social contracts that that everyone else is. Yeah. Almost. Mm. Like I, f- I feel like there's a, there's a way that you would. I, I get the impression, and uh, Ian, you'll know more about this, is that being in the TV industry like, is a bit like walking on eggshells sometimes. And you have to be really careful yeah. not to get fucking blacklisted because you're dealing with people that you know, are going to be hiring you in the future or putting
0: in a good word for you in the future. Yeah. is a lot more insular. You don't want to be a pain you in don't the wanna be. You don't want to cause people problems yeah. because there's... Maybe it's more behind the scenes than in front of the camera because if you're a big if you're talent star, yeah. you can... But yeah, then yeah. but then it's Norman Lovett, you know, he's good, but he's not he's
2: not this irreplaceable talent as is yeah. quite community clearly community. seen in his most famous <laughs> yeah. T V show. Um yeah. It's it's a it's a funny diamond I, I love Norman, like I would never like I wouldn't change a single thing about him. Like he's a fascinating, man. Very funny, very yeah. interesting, yeah. But he's he's also fun to roll your eyes at and you know, yeah. winch about a bit, I think, as well.
3: I will say that uh, Norman's uh, interview does um, end quite nicely. Yeah. It really doesn't rule me. Yeah. It rules a lot of people in this business, but don't with me, not all. I'm achieving me for this interview. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, as
2: if you need a reminder of just like why we like Norman, why he's funny. Yeah,
0: that as an end line is great because it also, because le- you're leaving it on a gag. Yeah. yeah. I think Norman comes across well overall in this interview yeah, and I think did. that probably tips the balance. Okay.
2: It's not like um what was the the equivalent of this is do you remember oh do you see this is a problem as I've forgotten his name, but your fella from keeping up appearances when he was in Doctor Who. Clive Swift Clive Swift Swift's, I knew exactly what he yeah, said. Clive Swift yeah, interview where he just fucking his entire reputation got tanked basically with all Doctor Who yeah. fans. <laughs> That is a good example of like a very graceless man, <laughs> being grumpy. Whereas <laughs> yeah. Norman lover is being grumpy, but he's not graceless. He has graces. grumpy with humour. Yes.
0: Uh, link in the show notes because that's yeah,
2: it's a good one, good one to go really back weird. to. Right. <laughs> Androids. Right. Okay. Here's the thing. It's Here's back. The thing. Right. <laughs> Look. <laughs> I read. I read the first panel. Fine. <laughs> that's fine. Second panel, fine. Third panel, fine. And then everything just, like, I know it's cutting to something else, (laughs) but, like, it's not done very well, is it?
3: I don't know what it is.
2: I don't know what's going on.
3: Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. I'm exactly the same way. I'm just like, this is just weird. What are they on on about? I
2: I want to see a whole scene with these two, and then that's all
0: you need for the, the, the thing. Maybe there's a structural thing because if you're going to have lots of short strips you might as well keep them all to be one scene rather than cutting between different scenes within the same short strip. Yeah. It... Okay, let's break this down.
2: Right, so you've you've got Brooke with her mate in a bar and they're winning.
3: Yeah. Right, that's good.
0: Simone. Simone, yeah. Yeah. And Kelly. I
3: wouldn't with go Simone go. that evening I spent the night with Gary. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Basis.
3: No, uh, that's what they're saying. There's Virgo, that's exactly how it sounds.
2: That was actually a sample that you just played in, it was, yeah. <laughs> and then it cut. so it's cutting to Brooke Jr., right?
0: Yeah, when she mentions him or she's about to mention him, so you can see where he is. Right, yeah. Yeah. he's going off the rails and playing with his groinal socket, right? But then it does cut to a third scene, which now that I look at it with fresh eyes, isn't at all clear that they're cutting to a different no, scene not at all. where it goes to. <laughs> The exterior of JC's cleaning company mm-hmm. to introduce JC, a character that you've never, <laughs> yeah. never heard of before, and no never been referenced before. Talking about Carstairs, who's another character that's never been mentioned before.
3: Mentioned in the books, but not mentioned in the TV. Mitch show.
2: Hurwitz gets idea yes. for vehicle. <laughs> yeah, I almost feel like there needs to be like some sort of delineation between the cuts. I just, I just feel like, like I, I don't know. I'm not the best comics reader in the world, right? I don't, I don't have
3: a. I find it tricky as well.
2: I, I do. I can find it tricky sometimes to remember. Sometimes exactly, like if the layout is a little bit avant-garde, I can come a cropper. Mm. But
3: I don't know. So it's even worse. You need to try and read manga because you have to read from the back of the book to the front of the book. Yeah, and only right to left. Don't worry, Danny, I would one. never read manga.
0: If that is the case, that the layout. Uh, it's not a fault of the reader if they're not well versed enough in comics to appreciate the layer yeah. because you should have it that. Should be a bit. You don't have to be an expert in television to understand the grammar of television, because it's it's stuff that you don't necessarily think about consciously, but just makes sense. Yep. Like if you're traveling from left to right, then yep. you're looking forward, and if you're traveling from right to left, yeah. then you're going. We've
3: back all seen eye It's a it's a <laughs> yeah. it's conventions that you. Sort of rely on in order to mm. shortcut your system. Button. Yeah,
0: for example, that shot of the exterior of JC's cleaning company, in television terms, a big wide exterior shot like that would denote this is a new scene, shot. but that doesn't necessarily come across in comic book form exactly. because you're expecting some sort of additional transition or a change yeah, it in seems happy, size so. of frame or whatever. And this is in yeah. the
2: same issue where we've got.
0: Like just a meanwhile in the a meanwhile in the top corner yes, would have been fine. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah,
2: yeah. yeah. And, that, and you know we've got another comic that is switching between cat's reality and cat's hallucination, and it is mm. clear as crystal exactly what the artist wants mm. to get across. And yeah. I know it's just a silly little half page comic strip. I know.
3: No, but you're right though. If you want, it, if it needs to be there, it needs to be worth being there.
2: But I would like, yeah. That I think it's like it hasn't got a single purpose. This this should be the whole thing should be Simone and Brooke in the bar and maybe they're still talking about Brooke and it cutting away to it but it just it just feels like that whole thing gets just fucking dropped completely and then and then on to the next thing and it's just all a bit I don't know fever dreamy as well so it's like I have the same thing with that Rimmer piece where I start to read it and like I just start going cross-eyed it isn't getting through to me what the the language is trying to the visual language is trying to get across and
0: yeah. i think it doesn't help as well that the characters are all androids and so they all kind of look the yeah. same and so That's you don't get ra- that f- very racist
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's a problem that i found a lot with classic doctor who that did a lot of ian mentions doctor who classic <laughs> uh, that did a lot of Sort of the politics of these alien civilizations, but the problem is for the viewer that they're all actors in the exact same makeup. They've all got Mm -hmm. green skin and pink hair or whatever, so it's really hard to figure out. Hang on, so that person is the is the big baddie, Mm -hmm. but this person is the uh, yeah yeah.
2: Yeah, This person is dressed this way, therefore denotes these. That's why you get like um, over the years you start to get the visual language of like hierarchies of Cybermen. Depending on like the color of their chest player or the color of their handlebars or something, um, mm. stuff like that. Eventually, you know, people get used to because it because it's the Cybermen. I know the Cybermen, and, and you know this this is a Cyber leader because of this reason. Whereas if it yet yeah, like you say, it's a one episode thing. You just think, oh well, you know, yeah. Why why should I know instinctively by say that you are a senator and you are a you know not or whatever yeah. I mean, we'll get to the letters, but the, you know, the the Android strip was actually quite popular with Gene readers, and it's you know, it's certainly like the style is great. I like you know, the artwork is. I have no
0: issues with that. Maybe because I've always quite liked it, but not been mad about it. Like take it or leave it yeah. type thing. But I don't hate it. Maybe once you're a few more issues in, and the the Character groups and the storylines have started to emerge. Maybe it will yeah. make more sense. I think they're probably just introducing a lot of elements oh, here, God. like in a soap, a soap opera's worth of characters and situations, but done in half a page at a time across multiple months. So it's different. When we finish this uh, magazine
2: series, we'll go back and we'll do an Androids only like rediscovery. <laughs> yeah.
3: So the thing is, I, I I always take it as this: there's no continuity at all. I didn't realise there's meant to be actually a story plot running through. So I just assumed that they were just another piss take of Neighbours.
0: The last one ended with uh, Brooke leaving Kelly. Right. Uh, and this starts with Kelly talking to Simone about Brooke leaving Kelly.
2: I don't know, maybe it's suffering from being a half-pager. Maybe it needed a bit more room at once.
3: I didn't realise it was like a McBain... Scenario where like every everything actually has a continu- <laughs> yeah. has a continuity, even <laughs> though it maybe unintentional or otherwise.
1: Wasn't
0: <laughs> McBain played out backwards?
3: Oh, is it like a prequel thing where each each scene expands <laughs> the previous scene? Uh, I do you know, know?
2: I yeah. never even knew that that happened with McBain because I mean, who the who the fucks watches watches Simpsons like in its entirety
3: anyway? <laughs> yeah, it's if you put if you put all the McBain episodes together, there is a there is actually a plot. There's a coherent ah, storyline. Yeah. yeah, the long joke
0: link in the show notes. Yeah
2: capsy is baffled by the androids comic strip it'll just it'll just have to be one of these ongoing things and maybe eventually <laughs> i mean you know i'm laying myself bare here a little bit like i'm not a great reader um i'm, I'm not a great like not visually like because obviously i'm reading a comic no and, like, but i don't, don't think don't... this
3: is but this isn't this isn't just you though this isn't a, this isn't you this is this is genuinely bad layout design that's what mm. it is. It's you know, it's it's not it's, a, it's, it's just not... that it's
2: making me more angry than. No, it yeah,
3: it, it it's for me it seems decipherable as well. I can't work it out. But yeah.
2: Also, it's taken them like this is the third strip.
3: Yeah.
2: And only on the third one do they do home android away um as as the coming next. So that's <laughs> that shows the restraint, I think. Cuz that's the most obvious one but, in hindsight. How isn't many it? yeah? <laughs>
0: There can't be that many left. <laughs> yes. Common and Android so, Street. So well, we've got we've got and Android Street, um, M Android Farm. <laughs> it will be M Android uh, Farm as well, won't it? Yeah. Who do you remember Bru- Bru- Brookside and Brook Android? Oh, That'd be, <laughs> yeah. be confusing. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Well, Brook's already in it, so yeah, you can't. Exactly.
0: Yeah. <laughs> My Brook is bubbled.
3: Crossroads. Cross.
2: Cross circuit. Cross, cross wires.
0: Yeah. Crosshead screwdriver. Anyway. screwdriver. <laughs> Jesus. Whatever you're doing, stop it. <laughs> is that like a sound thing or just in general? No,
3: stop in general. <laughs>
0: <laughs> been recording for two and a half hours. It's, there's not many different features no, left. Oh, right. why,
2: why is this the first Superman? Uh, is this the ongoing, like, they're re-releasing the action comics or something? Because that is obviously the first Superman series. I like what? Like it's not. It's not he's not. He's not fucking it... Doctor Who, is he?
0: <laughs> well, I was wondering whether it's yeah, it's the first iteration of Superman rather than when did Lois and Clark start?
3: Oh God, uh, that might be no... oh, that feels like nineties, doesn't it? About yeah, now, yeah,
0: yeah. So maybe it's like oh, not that, not that. Bloody Dean Cain version, not not. I mean, Dean Kane turned out to be a massive fucking. Oh, so Lois
3: and Clark Terrible was nineteen ninety three. So it hadn't even happened. Yet. oh right. Yeah. So no. There might have been other Superman I iterations.
2: I seem to remember because it says action every two months, and action every two months is action comics. Mm. And that is where Superman. So is this uh, a reprint of yeah, the. I think this might be a continue that. It's just not very clear. If
0: anyone is listening, a Dave or a Pody, or someone that knows more about comics than the three people that are making a comics podcast, do let us know.
3: Is it is actually just talking about the first and greatest of them all, as in the first comic?
0: Oh, the first... Superman,
3: the greatest of them all.
0: So su- Superman is the first and greatest of them all. You don't all read it, it as the heroes. first Superman, it's the first and greatest yeah. of them all, Superman. So it's bad
2: layout. <laughs> <laughs> don't dead open inside. Yeah.
3: <laughs> I think that's what it is, I think it's the first and nice greatest art, of them all. Yeah, um, it is, we've had that before. We've had this. Drink milk.
0: Mm. Uh, and then a <laughs> Ref dwarf. dwarf. Dumbles on with a I, wounded leg. I... I I've... I think Reft Dwarf is fine yeah, it, is. it is fine, I like this <laughs> I, I think it's like, as a pre-internet, as always I think this one particularly works because it's Rimmer, because there is a lot to talk about, there's no shortage there's no padding, it's not the there's no extrapolation, <laughs> everything there's there's so much that is packed into yeah. only 5 series worth of Rimmer at this point yeah. <laughs> Uh, so much biography and so much that we know about what makes him him yeah. that it's not a stretch to fill a page with it by any means. Yeah.
3: The cat was probably not the best one to lead with. Was the cat the first one? Have we had the other ones
0: in? Uh, Lister was in episode, se- edition, issue seven, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> volume one. Cat was in eight, and here we are in nine. Okay, so, Rimmer, yeah, so, so here strange. we are. Any in guesses nine? as to what might be next? <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's you know you're right. It's fine.
0: Good. It's fine, but. We've probably already said all that we need
2: to say about it. What bothers me about these types of things is that all they really are are vehicles for reusing jokes from the show. And actually, we get a letter whinging about that sort of thing. Um, So I don't want to Mm. sound like the sort of person that would write a fucking letter into this magazine. But... (laughs) Like... (sighs) Role models: Napoleon, Napoleon, and Napoleon. Oh, and Napoleon. And that, that is literally just like, oh, he likes Napoleon from Better Than Life, and um, we can't think of anything else, so we're just going to repeat it over and over again. And then that's it. It's not following the same trajectory as the original comics of bringing something new to things. It's it's rehashing mm-hmm. something. Mm-hmm.
3: Um, well, there, yeah, there's there also scope to put in like other fascist dictators,
2: exactly. You could have, no. you, like, ruler three is right there for the taking. Napoleon, Hitler, Margaret Mussolini. Thatcher. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I think if it did go that way, there would be a complaint that it wasn't factually accurate, uh, or that it wasn't, okay, yeah. you know. I think you're talking about it in terms of, you know, comparing it to the prose the fiction prose and indeed the comics which are works of fiction i see this as is like an extension of an oh, episode guide right. it, it's a character guide instead of an episode guide it's it's a ref it's some sort of yeah a reference okay. yeah no you're yeah. absolutely you're absolutely right yeah. it's job isn't to add uh mythos or add things to the character it's to report on what we know about the character. Yeah, maybe
2: that's like that's my bias of like what i want from this magazine showing perhaps yeah. yeah no you're right, abs- yeah, you're yeah. right. Yeah. yeah imagine
0: like collecting these sheets into a fact file yes and then yeah. you, you've got yeah you've i got you might to well to have done that
2: and... at the time i mean that was a big that was a big thing How was it like you know you get your magazines and sometimes you get like a part you'd, work you'd get oh, your file where you'd like yeah put certain yeah, things, the yeah. red
3: dwarf part work that'd have been good wouldn't it did they ever plan on doing <laughs> that oh yeah they
0: did they, they were still looking for the graphic novel at the same time <laughs>
2: <laughs> the thing is with part work, I mean part works are basically made to fail, <laughs> like they're fucking terrible. they're made to expensive. rinse as
0: much money out of people at the yeah, of, <laughs> the
2: exactly shore, they're, they're not they particularly have. bothered about finishing although to be fair, the one that I did which was gathering this, the T-Rex skeleton and then the T-Rex skin and you put it all together in like a plastic thing that, uh, that completed I did all of did those it? Uh, the skin didn't fit around the skeleton. You had well, to build. F- you had to like clip together the skin separately and the skeleton separately, and they stood separate. But if you tried to put the skin over the skeleton, it didn't. It didn't fit.
3: <laughs> when are you gonna get the feathers? Hmm? <laughs>
2: yeah, well, didn't fucking know about feathers then. Only, uh, only Jurassic Park was uh, giving us that those hot. It's takes. been
3: seventy-five million years. How the fuck do you not know about the feathers? <laughs>
0: <laughs> and did it come with uh, like a, a bowl of? Uh, Cow curry (laughs) and with a you press a button and it shits out uh, panda pops everywhere. (laughs) Where I got panda pops? Panda
3: Panda pops. Do you remember?
0: (laughs) Orange soda or something? No
3: it's ice pops, isn't it?
0: It's yeah, ice pop, orange ice pops. pops. (laughs) (laughs) Not orange panda pops. Spare no expense. That's ref Dwarf. Okay. Letters, holograms, a shorter-than-average letters page. Yeah. Although, I will say say thank you to Uncle Ian
2: for finding a higher-quality scan um, of this issue Mm. because it I'm actually looking at the original quality scan from the archive.org right now, and the one that you found, Ian, is much nicer. So the one that we're giving to the readers is much nicer. Yeah. You can actually read it. And
0: to be honest... In the print version, it's fucking difficult to read. Yeah, <laughs> fucking awful. Yeah, it's giving me a headache. Uh, I was look, like today, it's fine. I'm, I'm looking. At, I've got a big window next to me, and it, in natural light, it looks fine. Last night, when I was reading it with, it, you know, at night time with the lights on, I had to get my phone and shine the torch on the red in order to reveal it against old, the <laughs> old, against old man side.
2: in his reading chair, and he's, <laughs> f-
1: <laughs> his he's swearing region. at a <laughs> magazine. Thirty-one year old comic. <laughs>
0: i tell you what, this letters page does is give us an idea of the time scale uh, between uh, receiving letters, oh, yes. <laughs> between magazines going out and receiving feedback Christ. on them and printing the letters. Yes. Because there yeah. are two letters all about episode five, issue mm. five. So they're working on about a four month delay. Yeah. Which, you know, sounds.
2: It's a long. It's on the long side, but like, yeah, a couple of months
3: at the least is the sort of delay. Yeah, they've
0: got to wait for it to go out. And then wait for the letters to come in, and then wait for the letters to yeah. be printed and go out. That's I at mean, least at like, least months. three months. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, and they get the balance is good that they have one full of praise and one slagging of them off. I've just realised that the the praise one is from a James Roberts of Guernsey. Isn't James Roberts the Transformers artist who is a big Red Dwarf fan who hides Red Dwarf references in his Transformers? Comics. Chris, <laughs> <Help>. <laughs> it is James Roberts. But whether it is, well, is he well, easy is he a Guernseyan? Is he a Guernsey?
3: Is he one of them? Is he a Guerner? Uh, hold on, hold the fuck on!
2: Oh God, what's he found?
0: It bloody is. It is. Is it nice, James Roberts? The writer, according to his LinkedIn page, is from Guernsey. I mean nice. that's now I mean, on, isn't it? Whoa! That's on. uh, there's only that's so there's only amazing. like we've five people him. in Guernsey
2: at any one time anyway, isn't there? So And two of them are and Matt, two of them is is are it, James yeah? Roberts. <laughs>
0: oh brilliant. We should Guernsey an interview with Guernsey's top comic book writer, James
2: that's Roberts.
3: That's him. It's gotta be him, man. Mate,
0: yeah, we found James Roberts' earliest published nice. We'll, work. Sni- we'll
2: snitch tag <laughs> him when we release this, uh, on Twitter. Uh, yes.
0: James Roberts, if you're listening to this because we've snitch tagged you, please pitch a Red Dwarf comic to Rob Grant for him to commission you to write it out of his buttons. Yes, thank you.
3: That's so good.
2: Well, though.
0: I'm I'm very pleased that we. Yeah, we, we
2: finally met. found someone. Like, I mean, we 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 yeah. thought
0: we thought old um, a fan a fan from this magazine era who is still active um yeah. j- at least adjacent to Red Dwarf fandom today.
2: This uh, first letter. Sue Graham was it Sue? Sue Graham was it Sue? Um, saying um, I just cannot get the phrase Neighbours is an excellent television programme to sound convincing it's like I'm, I'm trying to describe what this is like it's like a, the popular kid at school makes a joke and then all the little minions relitigate the joke over and over
0: again to, all, the, all the little Richard all Hammonds the little Richard Hammonds Mays. yes
2: that's it <laughs> and a, It's just like, alright, okay, so someone mentioned that Neighbours isn't very good in the magazine. It's like...
0: Well, yeah, it was in the shit telly chair, despite the fact that it was hugely popular and good.
2: Yeah, whereas, I guess, El Dorado had its own chair made. It it had its own special...
0: But like and the chair itself cost
2: five million quid. <laughs> so the 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 normal shit telly chair was was still kind of yeah open. Yeah, yeah.
3: It's, it's low hanging fruit, and it's like saying you know you have a very fine haircut.
2: Kind of a nice little like putting the pieces together about the admirable Crichton.
3: Yeah,
0: yeah.
2: Seems like a genuine realization, and then in the guise of Holly, the editor going, "Oh yeah."
3: <laughs> <laughs>
2: and and giving him a nice response, it's like.
3: Yeah. Can I just point one thing out? Is that this James yep. Crichton, this Scottish prodigy, was twenty-five years old when he died. I thought I thought you were like the Yeah, he said I thought he said
2: James Saturday. Robert died at twenty-five. I was like, fuck. <laughs> yeah, fifteen sixty to
1: fifteen eighty-five. The man was only twenty-five. In this
2: magazine old. that was printed thirty Jesus years Christ, ago. Yeah. Well, we beat that cunt. By 15 whole years and counting.
0: Speak for yourselves. Ah, you're only a couple of years behind. Stop pretending you're young. and yeah the editor's responses are interesting throughout like in response to future Transformers writer James Roberts <laughs> he uh, says oh, I'm pleased that you like the way the magazine's developing I'll be interested to find out what readers think of this issue's cover which is something of a departure in style as our previous painted hill photo ones as I said before I'm going for variety but I'd like to know that yeah. so, like, they are figuring it out as they yeah. go and, and like being quite open yeah. about that I do like I, just, I like what the, they did with the, the blueprint seems to be developing each month is what James says and yeah mm. Well, let's go on to our own letters because I think some of these points touch upon each other. <laughs> As is traditional, we go into uh, the letters that our beautiful listeners slash readers have left in the comments over at tv. We start with Sai, who is one of many people to shout out in defence of androids. Sai uh, says, I always love the android strip. The joke is that it's a parody of the complete over-the-top ridiculousness of soap opera plot. Plot lines and cliffhangers. Yeah. Well, why
2: don't you go and fucking read it with James O'Brien and, and I don't know, what else have I been called out on? <laughs> being shit at quizzes.
3: You prick. <laughs> you fucking shit quiz prick. Is there much call for being bad at quizzes? <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh, Warbirdog says the previous issue, i.e. issue 7 felt like they'd arrived at a worthwhile publication now so of course they immediately derail it by doubling down on the acquired taste tangential strips I said it again Tangenital. tangential <laughs> strips <laughs> in weird contrast to the faithfully bland in character features which I like as a turn faithfully of trip. bland, <laughs> strangely brown comfortably numb <laughs> however Warbirdog enjoys the Mr. Flibble strip it's in the spirit of Rimmer's psychotic puppet show and the fairy tale ravings in the mm. episode. And we saw his statistic depths in Terraform and Demons and Angels. However much this was intended by the writers, or whether they just got a juvenile kick out of getting two pages of Tits and Carnage signed off, it's best that it's left unexplained. <laughs> Fair. And then I can't say the same for Androids, which is basically like losing a page to adverts from now on. No. Thank you, brother. <laughs> John's Mad says, I went to the second dimension jump. They showed series one and a telly rolled in like it was a science lesson at school, so you're completely Excellent. Right.
3: <laughs> you fucking nailed it. If you
2: ever want old uh, man knowledge, was, then John's Mad's
0: your <laughs> lad. <laughs> <laughs> so good. That was also staged at Northampton with Jane Killick attending to check if the second event was better.
3: All right, Lee. an improvement. Excellent. Hopefully it was. Was it? I don't know. Uh, Probably. Yeah, well. It's really weird knowing people that we've known for a while who have been to conventions before we did. And it's like, no, you, you can't possibly have been to conventions before we did. Right, well, I mean, if anyone was it's, going to,
0: it's John's Mad. Yeah.
2: yeah.
3: It's weird.
0: He's an elder. So, he's yeah, a, John, John's Mad's linked to the past. It's like that. Uh, <laughs> what was that Richard Herring thing about how many like steps removed you could be with someone from the 19th century? in terms of shagging basically. <laughs> <laughs> like,
1: <laughs> that sounds like Richard if, Herring, yeah.
0: If someone like in the in the nineteen fifties shagged someone who was born in the in the nineteenth century and then they shagged someone who was uh like in the late nineties, then you'd be you know We've all my shagged man. uh John's mad, so
3: <laughs> my great granddad is Charlemagne. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh, Flappo Jacko says uh, the Lister's recipe and Zero G football features had the same problem for me the overall joke they were going for was decent but the full detail didn't really add much I find myself skimming Mm -hmm. over waffle at times I think Mm. yeah we can talk (laughs) Flappo Jacko also says the android strips weren't amazing but I disagree that this means that androids wasn't worthy of any kind of expansion the way they used it in Geek Chase, which I understand was kind of building off the Smegazine stuff, was great. Yeah,
3: I always, I always assumed that the 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 sort of Smegazine, the, the, sorry, the Geek Chase, um, I agree. I think that that was, the, the car stairs and stuff mentioned stuff was all based on the extension stuff that was in the Smegazines. So I knew that androids were a yeah. thing, but I thought there were more of a thing in the Smegazines than they are currently.
2: Well, you never know how long this fucking goes on for. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Ian does. Yes. And it's for me to know and you to find out. Captain Bollocks <laughs> is here with some good info about NFL. Because when we were talking about uh, Zero G last time round, given that Rob and Doug were 20 something jobbing writers in the 80s, I suspect they spent a few late nights watching early Channel 4's coverage of American football oh. as being the inspiration for the London Jets. Interestingly enough, when the NFL set up an off branch World League in 1991, one of the key components was having a British team. And since NFL clubs are named after cities and the team was based at Wembley Stadium, we ended up with the London Monarchs as a pseudo-national team. Although the Monarchs came along three years after the Jets first appeared on TV, I've always thought of them as being sort of evidence for why Lister would support them, assuming that they were indeed his most local team.
3: Right,
1: Okay. that makes sense. Oh, that's great.
0: So, yeah, that's my headcanon, and that's based in NFL with what actually happened in NFL, which is the closest thing to zero G. So. I've heard
3: the London Monarchs as a thing, but I've always assumed that they were just an American team from somewhere in in America. Was yeah, called I London. kind of, I, I <laughs> kind of assumed that yeah. all of
2: the like the the
3: like
1: the
2: flirtation with American football here was al- almost kind of born of New Wembley needed
0: some money coming in. Yeah, and and that's and exactly so,
2: yeah. yeah, and that that's a, that's like fifteen years ago at this point. New Wembley, opened, <laughs> yeah. yeah
0: there's been There's been peaks and troughs of interest in American football over here, and I think due to it being a cheap sport for Channel Four to run in its early days, that was a little peak of interest yeah, that's very channel and five then, isn't
2: it <clears throat> like like early channel five you know just basically getting what you know what's cheap what are people not buying um <laughs> channel four yeah then. I know but what I mean is early yeah. ch- early channel four there will there will be um they did but, the same thing. Channel, channel yeah, 5. Channel Five
3: did exactly that with all the yeah. NFL coverage and stuff, all of the late night stuff,
2: and all, all the football America. that no one else bothered to buy as well.
3: Yeah, Ita- was Italia? That was also. Well, that was more. That's no, Channel Four.
2: That was nice. That was Channel
0: Four, which they yeah they got that because Gaza moved to uh, Lazio, and they wanted to screen Gaza basically. All right, okay. So they bought the rights to the entire league. he had
1: gone
2: <laughs> to Lazio. And I know that he doesn't say he that
1: soon.
3: I always thought he did. Everyone yeah. did. Everyone did. <laughs> there
0: yeah. you go. Captain Bollocks also puts into words something that I've been trying to put into words for a while. As for the magazine, it feels significantly more like, well, a magazine at this point than it previously did. Where it came across as more like a fanzine that accidentally made it to the newsagents. By two blokes who thought, we could write a magazine. Only to realise they didn't have enough ideas or content. <laughs> and yeah... Yeah. That's totally it. Yeah. It felt like the writing felt like a fanzine, yeah. which is good. It, which is fine in itself, but now it's getting more professional, almost yeah. like more well-rounded at least. Yeah, we were
3: say it was getting more mature and getting more like, prof- like getting more professional. Just in
0: time for getting new adverts, for,
2: for getting real adverts. I predict that this is a good sign for the future of this magazine, and it will continue for uh, ten years, fifteen years, <laughs>
3: until that part. Until
0: at least until the UEU dimension comes out (laughs) yeah yeah then
2: they'll release
0: the UEU (laughs) zine a couple of linked comments firstly from Pody I feel oddly defensive about the weird little strips like androids, Mr. Flibble and other stuff that's to come even though I did not like them at all at the time I think it's one of those things where I appreciate the creativity of the idea rather than the actual thing itself Mm. Uh, and Dave says I really like the increasing diversity of comics content in this magazine as it goes on UK comics have traditionally done anthologies pretty well and the ones that have succeeded and have a long life like 2000 AD tend to be able to offer a wide range of art styles and story types within each issue so it's nice to see similar variety here yeah
3: Yeah, it doesn't feel like it's all one like homogenised like just like one guy doing everything it's good that we've got a a collaboration and Mm. mixture of stuff well, you, think, it's,
0: you think of Sonic, Sonic the Comic which was you know at the same time by the same publishers they weren't exclusively Sonic it was more like a Sega comic yeah. but it was called Sonic the Comic because Sonic was the Huge. selling point but they had like there was a, a Golden Axe strip I think and Echo the Dolphin was... strip they had all yeah, kinds of Golden Axe, game,
3: Wonder Boy also. You know what? I bet, Shinobi, I bet yeah.
2: I, digging into the Echo the Dolphin lore I bet that goes pretty hard I bet, I bet, I bet.
0: It was a fucking boring dolphin that fucking swam around and was fucking boring. The well end. I mean yes, but well, that's there, was, the, that's the there game. was still
2: something about it. I bet you you fucking booted that game up more than you would have expected to and like surely something something is gonna like the the it gave you a weird <laughs> like it gave me this uneasy like it feeling. It can't just like,
3: be this shit, can it?
2: It it was like watching <laughs> three x it's right, watching three by three <laughs> I don't know. Did you ever find the massive whale? Like,
3: I never got off the first screen, mate.
2: There was a fucking massive yeah. whale. And there like, was when no you instructions find like, that thing, thing, this game. it's huge. And you're just like... I think I only found great. that because I did a cheat code to get to that level. I but... refuse to believe that Echo <laughs> the Dolphin
3: was nothing but like a two-screen demo of something that never went anywhere. <laughs> Echo of the Dolphin visited. is a
2: bit like War and Peace. One of those books that everyone, like, people that want, a that, kind of sound, book. no, that want to sound clever say, oh yes, I've read you know i've read i've read about the war i'm just moving on to the piece now um it's like yeah (laughs) people pretending that echo the dolphin was this masterpiece for them as a child when actually no, it was confusing load of bollocks but someone told me that
3: there's like a fucking the the world in it the actual level map in echo the Dolphin is fucking huge yeah i refuse to believe it
2: well it was a it was a it was a metroidvania really apparently weirdly before that before that Name existed anyway. fucking Echo the Dolphin,
0: Jesus, like tangents. I've got war tattooed <laughs> on this hand, I've got peace tattooed on this hand, and I've got Echo the Dolphin <laughs> tattooed down my spine. Uh.
3: Fun fact Echo the Dolphin, the movement, made my sister
2: sick. <laughs> Do you know? I can imagine it was weird. There's no weird, other
3: game like weird, it. Weird, rubbery, no yeah. Like I, wish I'd got, I wish I'd got into it,
2: but was it like motion sickness? It was just the the way it moved it, like a rubbery kind
3: of... It was just the way that it moved, the way the sprite was... Yeah, it was
0: weird. Anyway, Dave also says, (laughs) on the subject of the 2000 AD ads, ads, we were asking about Mm. Tharg. Tharg is the longstanding fictional alien editor of 2000 AD who acts as the mouthpiece Uh, for whoever the real editor of the publication at the time, currently Matt Smith, not that one, (laughs) is... It's basically the same concept used for Megadroid on Sonic the Comic, if you oh, remember that. And given all the other Sonic slash comic threads on here, there's a strong possibility.
2: That you... <laughs> <laughs> well, g GNT
0: is like a low-key a
2: Sonic fan site as well. So, so, yeah. so that's
3: basically it's our Holly. It's the Holly in, in this. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Holly feels like she's... Doing yeah, she, she is the editor
0: mouthpiece, isn't she? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it feels like it. But less fully, like you still, you get le- on the letters page, there are some replies by Holly and some replies by Mike Butcher yeah. basically, they haven't gone full full fog
2: yeah. you never go full fog
0: finally we've got a couple of actual letters and uh, <laughs> not actual letters as in they came through the post, they were still posted on the internet, <laughs> but we're surprised that it's taken until issue 9 for someone to come up with the idea of sending in a joke letter <laughs> based on this magazine style, so International Debris uh, says, Dear Smegazine, I think Rimmer is a right Smeghead and a big fat Gimboid too. Cat is so cool. Who else thinks they should shut Rimmer's hologram off because he's such a loser? Maybe they could replace him with Ramesses Niblick the Third. Kaplunk, kaplunk, whoops, where's my thribble? He sounds like a right laugh. Who's up for some curry and some lager? Signed, Smeghead McGee. P.S. Does anyone want any toast? Pitch perfect. No notes.
3: <laughs> yeah, that's amazing.
0: And uh, Warbirdog writes, Dear Magazine. I'm only ten, and my parents, who are complete smeg brains, don't <laughs> let me stay up to watch Red Dwarf. But luckily Thursdays are their night out now, and I'm home alone so I can watch what I smegging well like. Simon Fisher, 18 Repton Drive, Adlington, Chorley, <laughs> Lancashire, PR74, EJ.
3: I hope that address doesn't exist.
0: <laughs> I googled it before I read it out to make sure that he hadn't given away his actual... Okay, thank fuck. For-
2: <laughs> That sounds semi-autobiographical, because that's really specific. Start that letter reminds me of, I am 12, and what is this?
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: right, we'll come back to the next issue preview very shortly. Yeah. Uh, but next feature is another original comic. And, two times in as many in, the, issue, in one, one, one issue, issue many hours. To, <laughs> <laughs> Not quite, I don't think.
1: <laughs>
2: so the, I note on the artwork here. Like the artwork is—I would call this high fidelity—and it's very, it's very good. I think it's very good. But I will just get this comment out of the way first: is that it, everyone's faces reminds me of Buff Squidward literally like, it's like everyone's got too many muscles
3: oh I see, Buff Squidward I Buff... thought that was actually the name of like a space adventurer <laughs> yeah it was
2: another Fleetway comic actually, no I one just... really read it The
3: Manly Adventures of Buff Squidward
1: <laughs>
3: yeah I know what you mean just, it's yeah. like there's too much definition in the face it reminds me of a little bit when in the
0: Beano annuals there used to be like old style like war comics or adventure comics like rather than comedy comics like there's a difference in art style yeah. and again people who know more about comics than us will be able to define it well but there's like a Beano Viz style of of doing comedy cartoons in a British way yeah. and then there's the war, the war stories and the adventure stories that have a bit more of a grown up art style and this is one of those. Yeah okay.
3: it feels like the kind of sort of action man Style of, mm. yeah, I know what you mean. Also, whenever whenever a human person appears in a, a normal, in a comic, which is normally animated, but the sort of the real person is incredible. Ah, I know just exactly what I'm thinking here. I'm thinking of uh, Jim Bowen in the Bullseye titles, is exactly what I'm thinking of. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, where well, they're all cartoon cartoon, but, you but you they're realistic, realistic cartoon Bowen. faces. Yeah. yeah, That's what it is. That's it.
0: <laughs> uh, there's also in. Um, Roy the Rovers, uh, in the eighties, as a publicity stunt for the for the comic, they signed um, Martin and uh, Gary Kemp, really <laughs> from Spando Belly, signed for Malchester Rovers, <laughs> <laughs> and, and so there's there's photos of realistic Lean, yeah, Kemps it, realistic. in amongst oh, Roy Rovers. Well, so <laughs>
1: it's
2: like like playing a football game from the mid nineties, and they've only licensed the faces of certain players. Yeah. The face of David Beckham <laughs> Uh Sam the Athletico Mince claxon Um I love the opening Oh my god, why have I frame, yeah. The the that style of Red Dwarf of like make make it look almost spiky and like
3: It's almost too detailed in a way. Like, yeah, there's, there's yeah over hyper too, detailed, yeah. Yeah. I like it. I yeah. like
2: it, I really do. The helmet and the horns. Almost reminds me of um the most recent Doom game, they're very heavy on like um, medieval, um, medieval hell kind of crossover style. Yeah, esque. Yeah yeah, 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 no, organic, like
1: that, organic yeah. Organic, organic
3: metal, organic.
2: Yeah,
0: it's totally the the helm of justice. Yes, <laughs> <laughs>
2: true. Um, yeah, weird how like the the tantalizes a bit with like oh. We're gonna get some deep cat lore this is fucking brilliant this is what everyone's always wanted and then actually no they just had for no reason they have this helmet
0: that can just let you <laughs> spawn in whatever you want <laughs> well is it is that not what the show itself has done yes, several times all, yeah. of, oh we're going to give you cat stuff we're going to oh no it's not actually about cats because
2: it's really <laughs> difficult and almost impossible to do that well so yes. let's do something else entirely yeah
0: well, let's uh, let's do what we did. Let's recap the the story. So we start off with a Holly's log, which is kind of like the distress call from series one and yeah. two, and that's where we get the callback to the previous written piece about Rimmer losing his pen, which was seeded in the previous written <laughs> yeah, article. Yeah. Well done. Yeah, it's good. They find a planet with signs of civilization. It turns out to be a former cat people place. Cat sniffs the walls and, and figures out where they are, and they come across a machine. Which, yeah, like you say, it's kind of nothing to do with the cat people yeah. really it's just it just happens to be a cat people thing uh, there's no need for it to be, and yeah it's basically there's a machine that will read your memory and produce whatever you remember from your memory, so you can try and recreate things, uh, but you have the risk that you could misremember it, and it will go horribly wrong, yeah, yeah. which would
3: happen one hundred percent of the time, yeah, you're it's just saying you can't. Can't. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's why it's why dreams do what they do.
2: Yeah, yeah, true. Yeah, there's no outside fact checking going on.
3: No. <laughs> Basically, cat imagines. Uh, oh no, cat it, does mirror. it. In, yeah, cat produces a mirror so that he can look at himself. Uh, but then Lister has a go, and then while he's using it, Holly says, "Don't think about." This horrendous monster. <laughs> there's nothing all to worry about. Just don't think about any six-eyed carnivorous kind of raging swamp beast, and everything will be all right. And then everyone keeps repeating it, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> distracting Lister. And then eventually, he ends up like,
2: yeah, he spawns it, and then the shocking, end.
3: Horrendous thing. Well, to be continued.
2: Oh yeah. so it does say that. Yeah. Okay. Actually, right. <laughs>
3: I, I honestly just thought this was a one-shot.
2: Thought was I being, thought this was a one-shot. Well, the, stranger <laughs> things have happened.
1: Yeah.
0: Yep. Yeah. Yeah. This isn't in Stranger Things. This is a, this no is a no thing. penguins have committed acts <laughs> of dubious sexual
3: I mean, it's a horrendous-looking
2: beast that they've created. It's pretty good. I mean, fair play to the artist.
0: Like, yeah. this is... Looks superb.
3: Artwork is amazing. Ron
0: Smith. Ron Smith. It's kind of all set up, really, yeah. isn't it?
3: There is something weird. I don't know what the connection is, but there always seems to be this thing between the cats... And Norse mythology, and I don't mm. know what it is. Yeah. There's always mm. this connection between like Valkyries and the cat people. I don't know what it is. I
2: feel like it. It just started with like Valkyries are almost like shorthand for like you know a, kind of a sexual shorthand, right? Voluptuous maiden people, mm. voluptuous maiden like... people. Yeah, and, and just once that you you like the, the cat would like that sort of woman. But they've yeah, kind of for... extended that right to sort of yeah, like everything. Everything up. is yeah,
3: because yeah, even the even the because the, the, the books explain like better than life and stuff. It's like a castle, and uh, the cats sort of ideal places like this yeah. huge castle with all these these maidens walking around, and it all seems to be just like construed into yeah. you know the cats are Vikings <laughs> basically, yeah, or just like yeah.
2: a medieval sort of like almost Scando- like a primitive. A primitive thing with them, which you can kind of understand, like maybe, you know, that his oh, civilization was still at that sort of stage.
3: Ah, oh, I get it. Okay. So it's. Uh, okay. Yeah. No, yeah.
2: well, you're
0: right, though. And that, in in that, human it's... in human history, the Vikings aren't that early, though, are no. they? No. About a thousand years ago. Yeah. But in human history, that's not. That's a drop in the ocean. Uh, true. But then we are three million years into the cat's evolution as well yeah, at this stage. Yeah. And also the temple itself Seems very either Aztec mm. or uh, I was going to say Elizabethan Egyptian, uh, Egyptian.
2: <laughs> Which Elizabeth? I love this Elizabethan
0: temple
2: <laughs> Yeah Egyptian because you've got the hieroglyphs you got the hieroglyphs on the floor yeah, as well Yeah don't but
0: they're smelly hieroglyphs Yeah
2: which you don't need to smell them mate They're fucking, they're visual as well They're the right pictures you <laughs> see them.
0: Yeah see we have this thing called Pictures <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's
2: interesting, isn't it? There's someone's got some strong ideas here and so now that I know that this is part
1: one <laughs> I'm looking forward <laughs> well, to what wait. comes next. <laughs> yeah.
2: Know?
0: Wait until next time to draw too many conclusions because it is all like that last it was a lovely big full page oh, for the last yeah. page uh thing. Yeah, that is yeah, that's the setup to the next comic strip clearly.
2: Yeah. yeah. So maybe we'll get more cat stuff, maybe. Maybe. And me. Me and
0: me. Maybe the monster in the meantime,
2: looks in the mirror and falls in love with the reflection and is modified
0: to some extent, and then they can gloop him. Oh. It's my guess. Are you thinking it's check on the mirror?
2: <laughs> yeah. Do you know what? The mirror has to, yeah, has to have something to do with what's yeah. going on.
0: Well, we'll see next month if you're right. But in the meantime, just like the last few pages of the magazine, there can't be anything that interesting here. <laughs> surely? Oh, oh wait. shit.
2: Turns out that they have There's got that three whole pages.
0: Three full pages of Rob and Doug talking exclusively and extremely candidly considering this had only just happened yeah, yeah. <laughs> about their experiences in the US and, and how fucking dreadful it was.
3: It's so weird to see how much information was already out there. And I just swear that like the USA pilot was like this sort of secret that was hidden away unless you knew where to get hold of mm. the video from. In fact, I just bought a fucking
1: magazine. I had all the information I needed.
2: You've been you've been living your life knowing that this moment in time would come where it would be it would be good content for you to not know about these articles. Yeah, I know.
3: What the hell? <clears> I don't know if I'm annoyed or well, good content, delighted that you know, there's
2: new yeah, shit that we didn't know about. Yeah, uh, it's. I mean, it's right. great. I mean immediately my favorite thing about this is they arrived and apparently linwood boomer is a taskmaster because they he had them just <laughs> yeah. fucking like writers are treated like shit in america it's very relevant at the moment yeah
1: yeah very <laughs> relevant at the writer moment.
2: strikes happening the biggest writer's strike since 2007 and they weren't used to it at this point they were the main men um with red dwarf they mm. had been for three series or so and so they arrived in america they are less than nothing they are they are the the dwarves in the mine mining out the comedy to put into a script that's it and it's it's you can you can imagine how like jarring that must have been for them no matter how much money they were paid which was probably considerable considering yeah. robert's comments on it you you know that sick feeling you get like in a dream or something where you suddenly know everything's going wrong they must have felt that as soon as they stepped off the fucking plane like can you yeah. imagine how that felt
0: yeah and like also they were used to working with the best of the best and Jane Killick's thing of, of questioning the talent levels of the people involved. Rob and Doug clearly don't have a lot of faith in all the people that were working there. Like the director, they complain that they don't have the experience to do... Split screen. ...of shooting sci-fi. Yeah. They were talking about that, yeah, on a technical level, they just did not know how to do a split screen, which is, you know, Ed Byard... Yeah, but the thing is, right, is, right, is that, that, that their
2: director didn't know how to shoot sci-fi, except he did, because... He was a good director who who knew how he'd how to, out, to figure yeah. things
0: out, yeah, yeah the thing of assuming oh they've they've got some technology that we don't have that yeah. allows them to shoot a split screen differently, no, they're just, just assuming don't know how that, that it was going to be fine, yeah, yeah. and yeah, just everything <laughs> like relent, and it's both of them as well. There are quotes that are attributed to Rob and some that are attributed to doug, and they they're in agreement that the whole thing was a shit mm. show. And that they're willing to talk about this <laughs> this early on. So they're
2: clearly at this point of like like the burnout has started, presumably, like Rob's burnout mm. is probably in full swing at this point, and they don't give a fuck <laughs> like they don't care what bridges they they're burning when it comes to America because they, you know they, they're moving on.
0: <laughs> they're very, very much <laughs> cut all times yeah, yeah. <laughs> this whole thing we've got a two page fax from people in Los Angeles explains Rob. They weren't going to make it three million years in the future. They were going to have contact with Earth. The mission was for Lister to get babes. They were going to, instead of the cat. They were going to have a character called Veronica, who was issue orientated. They asked for a reply, and we said "fuck off and die." What's what does issue orientated mean? What's what's that code for?
3: Think family ties. Think um, Say by the Bell. Where you have a character who goes through a specific thing, that episode, and it has to oh, be explained, like okay. some sort of moral, some sort of lesson, some sort dealing,
0: of fucking... Dealing with social, like, <clears throat> drug use or yeah, homelessness. Yeah. Or... Does
3: anyone yeah. remember in,
2: in Neighbours when Toadie became addicted to solitaire? <laughs>
0: <laughs> I can't tell you if that's a joke. No, no it's
2: absolutely 100...
0: <laughs>
3: It, do you mean it, it, do you it, mean the computer game or do you mean the, 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 the Windows ninety five
2: solitaire or Windows ninety eight solitaire? this was, this was solitaire. him getting addicted to computer games. Yes, yeah, yeah. It. Okay,
0: so this. Um, but they couldn't afford to license any actual. So it
2: had to be Microsoft they didn't know solitaire. About any other games because <laughs> yeah. they're all
3: fucking forty years I, old. And it right.
2: might not have been Toadie, but I'm ninety oh, percent sure it was. Yeah, it was just like oh, I'm, addic- I'm addicted to, the fucking yeah. This was late late nineties, so it would have been your classic Windows ninety five ninety eight solitaire. Okay, right. That so is, issue-oriented, like you know, being addicted to solitaire. Okay, um, yeah, that yeah, kind of yeah. thing that so that makes cool. sense. Are you affected by anything in this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that's uh, almost yeah. like that's almost that's almost putting it as like a young adult show, isn't it? Because that's a that's a very yeah. young adulty thing yeah. though, that you say. Yeah,
3: yeah. And most American shows kind of had that as so well. There was always some sort of a a moral or a lesson to be learned as a result of the uh, yeah.
0: and stuff. There was there was various. Uh, fresh prince did it yes. like a few times per series yeah. there'd be like a serious episode where it was about will's dad uh his, like his abandonment issues or someone gets shot uh, and drink. Then, there, was, yeah. there was a drink driving one i think and so yeah, yeah
3: someone got shot violent, there was a robbery and and
0: racism and... one yeah just
2: like for one episode carlton gets into gun crime. <laughs> that actually happened yeah, really? it was. Yeah.
3: Yeah. It was a robbery evidence, had happened yeah. and Carlton had bought a gun to protect, protect himself. Protect himself, right. And everyone yeah. thought
2: he was the one that had done the robbery. No, no, just they,
3: just, they just found a gun. Like, Will right, found okay. a gun and just went, why have you got this gun? Why is this in your house? So, yeah, so for the, yeah, so there was an episode when Will got shot and Carlton bought a gun. So you were absolutely right. Was yep. the, you, was <laughs> the back. I have internalised
0: that. I have to, have, I must have done. <laughs> yeah, you yeah. better have seen I really like, and this is something that you could have perhaps developed into a script at some point, D- Doug's anecdote so Rimmer was played by a guy called Chris Eigerman. Lister was played by a guy called Craig Bergo. so we've got Craig and Chris going and then you see Robert there and you think, oh we're back in England and then you go, I can't cope with this, I'm going to have to have a cup of coffee, and all the Mars bars were called Milky Ways, and all the Milky Ways were called Mars bars <laughs>
2: Yeah, it's true, Kit Kats yeah. are different as well yeah, burgers were a penny then. It's, it's amazing. It's just this is just a parallel universe. Yeah, God, there must be jet lag for people.
0: the whole process,
2: right? Like you don't get over jet lag very quickly.
0: You've got to, you've got to dedicate time to get over jet lag, and it sounds like they didn't yeah. have any time. They were just working, working, yeah. working. Yeah.
2: This really is like fantastic work from Jane Killick, isn't it? Like she, she, this yeah. is a second issue, and like this is like proper journalism. It, yeah, it's taken it on
0: such a hugely yeah. And I tell you what, Craig baker was fucking sexy.
2: Yeah, I would. Yeah, not, not, I've never, never seen that. That's a, that's a picture I've never seen before. Interesting that the, the only one of Robert that we've got is quite clearly from like we're, we're a few generations. Uh, Polymorph. No, this is this is from USA, surely.
0: No, I think. Well, if they were to have that, they'd have more screen grabs from Red Dwarf USA if they were that's
3: available. That's not Crown's mass before. from USA. I'll mm. tell you that right. Yeah.
0: So is that Craig Birko picture?
2: Is that just his actor headshot or is that um
0: Can't tell. Well, whether that's on set.
3: Uh, Shoot uh,
0: who was credited for the photos of Jane Leaves and uh the right. the publicity shot on the USA one, so it must be. Oh, I'd love to see the, the archive of publicity shots from it. That'd probably be yeah. more
2: interesting than the, the episode at this point. Uh we've got a slightly different shot of the Rob Grant prepares for sun being in his eyes. Doug Naylor does not. <laughs> yeah. It is a different one from the last Yeah, yeah. I think this one's a bit more classic. We've seen, see... we've seen this one crop up a few more times, I think. Yeah. You can see Rob's wearing a badge
0: that says Grant. Oh, it's
2: his access badge. It's so sad, actually. Like When when, when this era of them um, still being together and they've been interviewed together, they they really mm. do seem like they're of one... Mind, you know, yeah. one intent yeah. to to quote a sci-fi <laughs> yeah. show. Them. Um, <laughs> them in
0: a few, yeah, and
2: then it just all fucking falls apart. Like they were so similar, so fuck's sake,
0: <laughs> yeah. Their hard to define voice. There's the sort of combination of the two of them. The genius that is produced when those two geniuses work together mm-hmm. is even evident in this yeah. interview. Yeah, the language that they use, the funny language that they use. They, the way that they're humorous in and amongst themselves in an interview format. Yeah. It's it's Grant Naylor that comes across rather than Rob and yeah, Doug. Absolutely And yeah, we're only a year away from the last time that they'd worked together. It's insane. What's interesting
2: here is that we know as far back as my interview with Rob Grant from 20 years ago, mm-hmm. and our interview with Rob Grant a couple of months ago, is that he is not of the impression that Craig Bierko is too handsome to be Lister. Uh, he said that, uh, you mm. know, Craig, Craig Charles doesn't exactly look like a bag of spanners. You know, that's it, That's his quote. Yeah. Whereas here, and I'm not entirely sure who it's credited to. There is comment about Craig, Craig Bierko being too handsome and they had to rewrite the whole. A, thing.
0: Rob remembers trying to explain this to the producer. We said, look, Craig Bierko is too good looking.
2: Yeah. 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 Interesting.
0: Well, it's too good looking to play the part of the guy that can't get a date with this girl, Kachansky, yeah. so they rewrote Lister and Kachansky's relationship based on yeah, the Actually, scene. yeah, it
2: happens. yeah. And to be fair, they jumped yeah. about with, with the UK
0: version. But it, it's not necessarily that he's he's too handsome to play Lister. He's too handsome to play this version of Lister as yeah. written. Okay. So yeah. exactly. yeah. Yeah. And they changed it.
2: And they were not yeah. a fan of a female cat. Which... Um, feel like this might be the first time i've
3: i feel like it's one of those things where when they were if you said from the outset we would like to change the cat into a female character they would have been like yeah cool okay let's start from scratch yeah this is the nbc doing the commission promo film after doing the the complete rewrite they did for the main show Mm -hmm. so there's just too much stuff getting chopped and changed Mm -hmm. about it must be impossible to nail anything down in any coherent way without it feeling like as if it's been chopped and changed there's There's no beginning to end process no it's just it's just a mess of just like oh we will change this idea we'll change this idea it's it's like you you can't do that you can't change multiple things at a time without wondering how one thing will break the other
1: yeah
3: you need to change one thing at a time and just slowly gently just it just doesn't work it just doesn't. It just would never have worked doing it that way. Where you are taking something like that and changing something as fundamental as a gender shift in a character. Mm. It's because it's fundamental to that show in particular. It's it's fundamental,
2: especially when it's been done for like cynical reasons, right? It's come it's come from a, an exec that says we need sex in this show.
3: Well, just yeah, yeah, obviously we want to we want to put our own mark on it, and it's yeah. like, uh, how many times have we heard that story where someone up above wants to wipe the dick on something? I knew so
2: you were going to say that. Wipe the dick on there. You
3: know I mean? <laughs> um, it's an awful phrase, but it it, it perfectly <laughs> it's a, it's a encapsulates the phrase of what, what uh, someone wants uh, to do. to All someone.
2: three of us uh, have jobs or have had jobs where we have will have encountered people like that. every day i i have to deal with someone who is wiping their dick on something that i'm trying to do yeah and you work from home and i work and i say robin mate you firstly you should be at school (laughs) (laughs) why why do you think you have any creative in this fucking particular job come
3: on has everyone done the thing where you've not changed anything took it back to them and said it's better yeah has everyone done that Right. Yep. But, okay, re- yeah,
2: very that. regularly I think to the Simpsons scene, because the Simpsons did everything first, of uh, the baseball episode where Mr. Burns is telling Dick Strawberry, I think it's Dick Strawberry to shave double. shave off double Strawberry, to shave off his
3: Dick Strawbridge.
2: <laughs> to shave off his sideburns. And every time he's shaving he just keeps shaving the side of his head more and more and more and Mr Burns is just like, I, t- I thought I told you to shave off those sideburns. Um And my God, that's so relatable. That sort of, like, Mm -hmm. I'm literally I'm doing the thing you ask me. Like, what do you mean? What are you talking about? Yeah, how do you
3: make? Can you make this blue a bit more invisible? Could you you just this up? Just need a bit more. Can you can you make this music a bit more red? (laughs)
1: Fuck you! You
3: tighten
2: up the graphics on level three.
3: (laughs) Oh my God! Link in the show notes. (laughs) everyone's heard that story a thousand times and like i said there's an article which i need to dig out about like what people have had problems with with executives in having too much like i know that they've got the money but like they <laughs> the reason they make money is cuz they've got the head
2: well what it is is everyone's what it comes down to is everyone is insecure even the people with the money the people at the top mm-hmm. and they're insecure about about the fact that they're the ones picking up all the money and they're not really doing anything creative. So they invent ways in which they can be creative. And that is where all of this sort of stuff comes from.
0: I've always said that a sign of a good exec or a good senior person is the ability to look at something and go, yep, that's good.
2: Carry on. Not
0: feel that you have to... Not have to make a it's not
2: a glamorous thing a either, is it? It's not a th- it's a thankless thing to have to to, to to wield that sort of power in a light way. And that, that's yeah. why mm. it's very rare that someone would. But um but when they do it you know, and, and also it's it's like um uh, it's like a referee a football game. It's like you do a good job, you don't really get noticed. No. And
3: you yeah. do something
2: right. Anyway. anyway. I feel like American TV is totally different now. Like what they're talking about is the is the network based old old school stuff and at this point we're about 10 years off like 10 years past like this classic kind of network american tv thing we're well into the yeah. you know basically everything's cable but streaming now and and you feel like you know if they did have another go at this if if rob had another go at this which is most likely it would be completely different and free, yeah. a bit more creative freedom a bit more there's a the right writers now in american tv are a lot more Venerated, they become showrunners, you know, they've been rebranded. I think he did quite well, but interesting mm. to see if it happens. It won't,
0: yeah. it won't, unless Rob Grant was <laughs> lying to us. We end with Norman Lovett's massive face, <laughs> which is from Queek, <laughs> yeah, is the chess yeah. scene. It's a screen grabber when he's floating across. <laughs> so, you like a bit of chess, do Uh, and so last thing is to go back to the next issue preview. And I'm yeah. Looking I forward to it. I'm intrigued to I'm intrigued to see what you're most intrigued about on this. Well That's obviously a lot.
3: what do you think my most intrigued about on here do you think?
0: Well I know what Danny's most intrigued about. <laughs> what do you think that might be? Howard Goodall music to your ears?
3: Oh no it's under that <laughs>
2: No
1: It's all <laughs> this
2: is all this is all top Josh stuff, right?
3: Apart yeah I'm I'm George's really really I'm already looking forward to doing it. <laughs> but red
2: dwarf usa the comic strip like what the merry fuck i didn't know they did that that's gonna be great but like for me yeah i don't know what's the Howard good old one gonna be like yeah i
3: just it's for me i'm just i'm just amazed at how much red dwarf usa shit there is in Mm. the world that they (laughs) knew about before i did and it's just mad (laughs) yeah i thought it just was a secret (laughs) Yeah,
2: it was this dirty secret, like, you know, passed around on a video disc on eBay. That's what I thought it was. Yeah, that's what it was for us. It was a lot more.
3: The the previous generation. I feel like like everyone's been keeping a secret from me. Being gaslit. I feel like, yeah, it's just like, everyone knew anyway. It's like how the uh,
0: ancient civilizations invented things that we then forgot about and reinvented and discovered years later. It's exactly
3: the same as that. Like the Antikythera.
0: so yeah we also have the survey results your all time favourites revealed we get the the, uh, Jake Bullet. in the case of the head for heights I'm looking forward to that I was a big fan of the
2: first Jake Bullet. I'm not a total (laughs) fucking curmudgeon when it comes to original
0: (laughs) weird one shot (laughs) comics under the hammer Red Dwarf goes up for sale androids the synthetic saga continues And ref dwarf Crichton gets the treatment.
3: I'm looking forward to every single aspect of that for one reason or another. <laughs> yeah. So,
1: <laughs>
2: apart from maybe Ref Dwarf? Surely like
3: it's there in it. Like I said, I, I don't hate those those things, so it's no, like there's nothing in there that I'm gonna be like, Oh for fuck's sake, why is that in there? Like we used to get that with the with the earlier ones, we were just like, That doesn't need to be there. It's like, why, oh, have we, Christ, why have yeah. we got a thing mm. with like Holly talking about things like no one cares? No one cares. But none of this is like I care about all this. So how good all how good all sorry i'm getting giddy (laughs)
0: yeah well that is all yet to come but that is about it for now for this edition of this magazine rack Uh, don't forget to send us your letters if you've been affected by any of the issue we've just read or the podcast you've just listened to Uh, you can leave your comments over at www.ganymede.tv or you can tweet us Twitter handle
2: is Ganymede Titan. Okay. So this should give you an idea of the kind of person we're working oh, okay. with.
0: Okay. But until we're next back on the rack, thank you so much for listening, and as always, Ed Bye, everybody.
1: Ed Bye. Thank you for listening to GNT Dwarfcast, and we hope sometime in the future you'll decide to listen to our Dwarfcast again. Have a safe onward journey. Goodbye.
0: Okay, <clears throat> I'm now going to start reading. Hello and welcome to issue 9 of the magazine, Dwarf Rack. Shit.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
0: Bit. The bloke in end of the road with the really deep bass voice has a walking stick.
3: He does. He's quite tall.
0: Yeah.
3: Hung like a fucking horsepipe, I reckon.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Him and John Mutson. <laughs>